This week's show is brought to you by Miracle Made. Alright, now you guys, Brad and Alex, you know I like a lot of things, but I'm going to reveal a little bit about myself here. I really like sleeping. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I'm like, it's, oh, yeah. A, it's in my top three. Of it's a great I thing enjoy. to do. Wait, hang on. Eating, sleeping, and? Sleeping. Again. Okay. It's, All right. it's it's mostly sleeping, then eating, then sleeping Got again. Got it, yes. Got sleep, it. get up, eat, then you get back to sleep. <laughs> yeah. If I could eat while I'm sleeping, I would probably do that, too. Sleep, eat, sleep, repeat. Got it. Yes. And luckily for me, Miracle Made has sheets just for me. Because did you know that traditional bed sheets can harbor more bacteria than a toilet seat? And I'll tell you what I don't like, sleeping on a damn toilet seat. I would rather sleep in some nice sheets. I don't know, man. Have you tried it? Unfortunately, yes. And it's not my style. I won't ask you to elaborate. (laughs) Inspired by those punks at NASA, Miracle Made uses silver-infused fabrics and makes temperature-regulating bedding so you can sleep at the perfect temperature all night long. It has self-cooling properties. The sheets that are infused with this silver prevent up to 99.7% of bacterial growth, leaving them to stay cleaner and fresh three times longer than other sheets, and no more gross odors. Only the best odors in my sheets. You can go to trymiracle.com slash nextlander to try Miracle Made Sheets today. And whether you're buying them for yourself or as a gift for a loved one, if you order today, you can save over 40%. And if you use our promo nextlander at checkout, you'll get three free towels and save an extra 20%. Miracle is so confident in their product, it's backed with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you aren't 100% satisfied, you'll get a full refund. Upgrade your sleep with Miracle Made. Go to miracle.com slash nextlander and use the code nextlander to claim your free three-piece towel set and save over 40% off. Again, that's trymiracle.com slash nextlander to treat yourself. Thank you, Miracle Made, for sponsoring this episode. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another Nextlander podcast. The biggest, longest podcast we've ever had it's touching the edge of the cases it's bumping into your fans you must get out your get out your drills yep that's right you're gonna have to dremel out your drive base to fit this podcast in there <laughs> that's right if they say it's just gonna it's uh we're dissipating heat all over the place brad shoemaker how are you doing i'm water cooled and ready to talk uh alex not, navarro not actually water cooled but <laughs> alex navarro how many power cables do you have coming out of your butt I got pow- okay. Well, out of my butt, only one. But oh, okay. in terms of you know the, I mean, look, just how I mean, God I'm, I'm, intended. I'm working my way up. Okay, we're we're, uh, we're doing some stretching here. But I just, nonetheless, I, uh, I, I have got, a lot of power cables lying around now. I got to I got to see one of those ATX 3.0 power supplies yesterday. That's just got one cable that you run to your graphics card. One cable one solution. Cable. A one cable solution, as opposed to four. Okay. We're talking about video cards. Alex, you and I uh, entered the current generation of video cards. We were coming from, um, these are PC video cards, by the way, in case there's any confusion, which there's probably not. Um, 
we were both on 2070s. You were on 2070 as well, yes. right? We were yeah. both on 2070s. Uh, the 2070s, the last card you could get for a while. It was like right in the, uh, those things came out, I feel like, right around the time the crypto boom was starting to go nuts. And then that whole 30 yeah. series is where it basically was impossible to get a card mm, for a long yes, time. Yes, the, the confluence of the crypto boom and the supply chain problems of the pandemic. I mean, dude, that shit was crazy. It was yeah. nuts. People were... People were out there eBaying 970s for like double MSRP, you know, five years after they had come out and stuff like people were just desperate to get anything that would make graphics like I'm always a minimum one generation skipper anyway, sometimes even longer, depending on how how big the leaps are between generations and cards. But like if I had ever wanted a 30 series one, I never would have gotten one because there was no way I was going to go through that rigmarole to try and grab one of those and pay that price. Yeah. Like, um. So, um, yeah, we are now on 4080s, you yes. and I. Uh, Brad, what do you have in your machine? You're up there uh, I've too, got a, right? I've got a launch 3080. 3080, so okay. So it's a 10-gig it's a model. They realized their error and put out a version of the 3080 with more memory later, but I've got the first one. Uh, we, we were able to, uh, on uh, Brad was watching the sheets, keeping an eye out there. We found them for close to MSRP. The dirt sheets. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah the dirt like- sheets. These uh, were, I mean, you know, like the, the add-in board vendors occasionally, you know, they'll mark stuff up for like, oh, this one's got 5% higher clock speed. Right. That's worth 50 bucks, right? So, like, it's, yeah, but you were pretty close to... Pretty close. It was kind of shocking. Price. Close. Um, and we had joked and I had known about, um, you know, hey, you know, the cards are getting very big and large, big and large. But my goodness, I... You could kill I, a man with this thing. It's the first time I had to move fans around in my you case. You can kill a bear to, with this thing <laughs> to fit this card in. You guys, uh, you guys got MSIs, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did it come with? Did it come with some kind of support bracket? It did. I didn't install okay. it because it didn't even have instructions on how to how to put huh. it in. So like, yeah, I didn't install mine either. It didn't seem okay. like it was like dipping at all. And also, yeah. it got an accidental support structure in my thing because the very back of the card is touching the front fan of the. Okay. Of the computer, not the fan mm. part, just the outer casing of it. So it gets a little extra, a uh, little extra wedge in there, a little extra Pro- cooling too. Yeah, Pro- probably worth keeping an eye on it. The, the, oh, yeah. the heavier cards tend to sag over time, which is certainly not good for the for the no. slot. So yeah, okay, my, that's like a that that kind of yeah that mounts. I'm to holding the, it up the, for the camera. Yeah, that should mount to the the PCIe slots or the, yeah, the mounting it lo- bracket. It looks like it mounts to the mounting bracket, but I couldn't really quite <laughs> figure out. Um, if it's supposed to go upside down and then uh, like what's well, supposed it, to hold it yeah I th- yeah that one looks like it should yeah the card should kind of lay on top of that should I lay believe. so it would go underneath it and then lay yeah. on top like yeah, rest I think that's on the it idea. Like a, it's like a freaking server rail like it's at this point crazy. it is it's, yeah, it's, it's like a rack rail and like i didn't put it in i guess i could go in and put it in but like it's banana. It, it felt pretty supported in my case. I put the three screws into, uh, or I think, it, I don't know if it's two or three, but I, it's one of those things where I got the card and it was, you know, six or seven at night and where I was kind of wrapping up and I was like, oh, I should just, I should just put this in. It's going to be a super easy swap. I'm just going to put this in. I can take a card out and put it in. First problem, reaching the freaking back tab to release my 2070 mm-hmm. has become an issue, right? Because the card is so dang big. So hitting the I release had to tab. use a screwdriver i had to pull it push it in there onto oh, the tab i know i was very gentle and i was careful i knew what i could do if yeah. that went wrong it did not go wrong 
So I used the plastic spudger, like a, just like a kind of yeah. thing to get in there. Um, I had a screwdriver next to me and I was like, oh, I should just use this. And then I was like, I am going to slip and scratch across these traces uh, mm-hmm. on this board. Ah, you don't uh, need those. So I popped that thing. Card came out easy enough. And then I grabbed this other card and I'm like, okay, I've got, I already got two uh, PCIe power cables running. Let me just pop it in there. The 12 pins. And it's like, no, you want three. And I was like, okay, fine. Let me just add another one in there. Add another one in there. And then I'm just kind of looking through the manual or the paperwork that's in it with it. Just like, let me just double check if there's anything I'm missing before I close this thing up. And it's like, you know, do not use one that splits the piece, the, the cable that has two. You, you really should have three independent going to the power supply cables. And I was like, are you kidding me? No, they're not kidding you. So of they're course, dead it, fucking serious about it. So I went back in and uh, hooked up. I, luckily, I have like a million cables in their little like shroud bag, you know, from every power power. Sub- I I found two that matched, you know, that were generally, you know, braided and matched. And I was like, not just the raw not wire one that ones. was labeled CPU, right? <laughs> no, no. Okay, because they don't. Um, want, apparently, those are not the ones you want. No, the ones with the dopey little clip on t- uh, t- two extra pins you have to put mm-hmm. on the side. That's like, oh, this is so annoying. Um, but anyway modern case my case which i really do like i think the case i'm working in for this is is it the same one i have um is it a crucial case i can't remember i can't i think mine is a corsair is a corsair i've got three cases here one's a corsair one's a cooler master and i think one's a crucial that could be the crucial it has a big glass pane on the side yeah yeah yeah. okay Uh, is that a is yeah. that a crucial I'm case? Sh- I'm not sure if crucial does cases. They're mostly a memory vendor. Hmm. I'm not oh, sure. Maybe 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 it is a Corsair. Lot of case but I do think yeah. it is the same case that you have. Can you see yours from there, Alex? Do you know yeah, what I'm is, looking what at it. it. What does it say on the front of it? Is it Corsair? Well, no, mine's p- turned the other way. I can't see ah, the front of it. That's exactly how mine is too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Wait, the back of your PC faces you? Oh yeah. yeah. What? Oh yeah. How do you reach all the ports? Yeah, the ports are right there. That way, you can just switch stuff around easily. Yeah. Oh man, I go behind it. I guess. Well, it's oh, under no. my desk anyway, so I don't fair, really look at it that fair. much. All right, fair. No, all my backs, my my butts, the butts huh. of the things always are facing huh. me. Okay. Um. Anyway, yeah, you, you might be right. It might be a um. It might be a Corsair case. Maybe you're right. Maybe I'm confusing Crucial and Corsair. Either way, um, it's got that dumb not dumb. I guess it's dumb. It looks nice when everything's together, but the power supply shroud, right? That is like. Oh, okay. We're gonna kind of hide your power supply so you don't see everything, and you go through the the other panel wall to route all your wires, and it looks nice. But getting like getting my f- big fingers in there to pop in two other yeah, I almost took so the whole bad. power supply out. Yep, every uh, fucking time I have to do something with the power supply, the whole thing comes out. Cause yeah, I did I, because I ended uh, up changing my power supply uh, to one that has the one cable you can use for those graphics cards. See, that's and so now I've that got an extra the, 100 watts of power supply. Is that is that is that one of those ATX? Is that a 3.0? It must be. Yeah, it must be. That that yeah, that 12 pins cable finally is standardized, so we should be good from, from until there until, are cards yeah, with yeah, even worse power else. requirements. Oh, are you telling me that the next gen won't have that that pin and an extra like power thing on it? Very soon, you're going to need to run two 12 pins to the card. <laughs> yeah, it's it's funny. Like I, I kind of almost wish at this point they just figured out a a bus and rail situation on the board on the PCIe Express 
slot to power those things or yeah or the, tap into the board at some point yeah the the amount of juice the the pcie spec for juice that can go out of that a lot. slot is is not it's not high enough obviously for these cards yeah uh, it's drawing so. a lot at this point but i i, I kind of wish there was some better solution than um having to run independently to the power supply because you know that's for something that changes in and out so much or it could change it or not so much kind of a pain yeah yeah brad you're making a face I, I just googled pci express successor to see if there are any consortiums at work yeah agp something new uh-huh. uh there's one proposed called called i don't know if they thought this name through gen z okay, okay. that's gonna cause okay. some seo problems for them uh- <laughs> no this is several years ago this i don't know if this is on its way to being ratified or what but anyway so uh, all of that said you know, listen, we're complaining about having brand new, very powerful cards. No, I, I let me be clear. Yeah. I'm in no way actually complaining. The installation process was a little silly, and it's, the it's things more, yeah, you have to do comical. for it are it's silly. Comical. But. It's comical. It's like it, it, like we had joked so much about it, I thought I was ready for how goofy it was going to be. It wound up taking me like close to 45 minutes to get this I all I had to drive to done. Flushing. Yeah, you drove all over the place. Um, man, that's, that is, that is the privilege of being in New York though, that you can just go somewhere in town and get a PC part that you need. I mean, I like, could, that's but rad. The, I went to the, like the best buy and the, 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 like the PC Richard and sons around here. And I was like, oh, I can probably just get some PCIe cables right. there. Yes. Fucking like no. Every, oh, huh? No. The, so then I'm like, the, okay, the, micro center says on their website, they have PCIe cables. I get there and they're like, no, these are just extenders. <laughs> So it's like fucking great. So at that point, I was just like, you know what? I'm getting a power supply. Somehow the power, the new power supply I got was cheaper than the one we bought for this PC when we built it like a year and a half ago. So I was like, all right, now I have an extra power supply. Now I have the thing that I can just plug one cable into. It's done. Ended up taking longer. Ended up being more of a process. But yeah. you know what? Everything feels pretty solid now. Last last thing I'm going to mention real quick. Um I, I went to PC World yesterday. The fine folks at PC World mm, had yes, me on did. their podcast yesterday. The full nerd uh, up on their YouTube channel. But they were showing me a bunch of the hardware they've got. So every vendor has got a different solution for those little bracing mechanisms. Wait, the, uh, the rail? Like, like the, like, yeah, the, yeah. Like yours, yours, yours like okay. mounts to the, to the slot mounting brackets yeah. and is a, just kind of a rail support. One of them that they showed me, I think it's Gigabyte, is a literal jack. Like... <laughs> a, like a jack, like you would jack yeah. a car up to change a tire. Like I am not joking. It is literally just a, an extender yeah. that rests on the bottom of and the case screw it. with a rubber foot and it like locks in. You extend it up to support the card and just brace it against the That's bottom of the great. case. It's amazing. Lollipoles? They're, they're like that the is ones not that, OSHA certified, man. Is it like, do you, do you like unscrew part of it to like kind of wedge it in there at all? I, or I'm is, not, is I can't it? remember how it extended exactly. Okay. That's, that's so funny. Is, I, I had to laugh. It's it's getting very silly. Like it's it's yeah. Look, PC hardware know. has always been silly in one way or another. It just feels like now we're spinning off into a whole new direction of silly. Anyway, like I said, it's it's silly. It fit in my case. I'm happy. They can't they literally can't make it any bigger for these normal kind of mid-size ATX tower cases. Like it's it just won't. I mean, no. this is a the case we have is a fairly big case. Yeah. Um these you aren't know. like little micro cases or anything. No, no, no. Uh, so yeah, I, like I said, I had to move my fan above it. Um, I think, you know, our fans were probably in the same exact spot. Cause I think you, you brought that PC over here to build with me. Right. So yeah. I probably just put the fan in the same spot, which was under, you know, down a little bit. So my thought being in the air pressure situation, 
that it would intake towards the bottom and then exhaust out towards the top of the CPU, bring that cold air in, rise through, and whatever. But now my fan's up top. What am I going to do? What am I going to do? My fan's in the same place. Jerry, and the it's fan's up my card. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, right, I, not yeah. really, but still. Anyway, I'm uh, I'm excited to jump in there. I played some Hitman with it um, when we did our stream. Everything seemed to run. I ran the benchmark test on Hitman on the PC on Dartmoor. Mm-hmm. Uh, and oh yeah, yeah. It's the most intensive maps. Yeah, um, yeah. I'm excited to kind of put it through its paces. Control jumped to mind as a thing I should. Yeah, get back controls. On. Controls not bad. It's got pretty good ray tracing. It's not like. I would say the heaviest ray tracing stuff, if you really just want to go hardcore, is like Metro Exodus and Cyberpunk. Sure. Those Spider-Mans um, had some pretty heavy ray tracing yes, in them, didn't they? Yes, they've got decent, yeah. But those two used global illumination, so they're kind of lighting everything with it, so those are going to push it pretty hard. Push it um, hard. Yeah, so... Well, yeah. what about American Truck Simulator? Because that was I don't know. that was the second thing I booted up <laughs> after I booted up Vampire Survivors, the most graphically uh, intensive really? game. Yeah, really. Uh, um, yeah, look, run- I mean, I'm, I'm gonna go look at all the purdy graphics at some point. I just kind of like my favorite thing when I get a new video card is to boot up the games that I normally play on the regular and am not currently able to. I mean, Vampire Survivors, you can run at max settings because it has one setting. Um, but with American Truck Simulator, there's certain things I had to dial down a little bit, and you know, I couldn't uh-huh. run in full 4K with full frame rate, whatever. <laughs> So I just turned everything all the way up. Was it fine? Yeah. Nice. You like it's not it. running at like 120 hertz or anything, but like it runs smooth and everything looks real nice. And nice. you want to drive through Texas at night, it's never looked better. I mean, listen, Literal I think Texas doesn't look that good. I've heard uh, uh, Flight Simulator is something I should definitely boot back up. Oh, and get yeah. In there and try that out. So simulator games can be very taxing. So eh, yeah. American Truck Simulator is a little older. You <laughs> yeah, know, it's not. It's not really pushing shit the way something like Flight Simulator is. I I still think Minecraft RTX is one of the coolest things you can do with totally. ray tracing. Like as a sandbox, as a thing where it's got a bunch of different types of emissive surfaces and lights you can move around and just like make things happen that are fun with light. It's mm-hmm. a it's a fun toy fun. and very and so, very very demanding. Uh, video cards yeah. are expensive. We They're, have them. We we have them. It's been a while. We've been talking about it. For probably a year plus now. Uh, yeah. Uh, I'll say my favorite thing with a video card is not even necessarily the gaming side. It's like exporting out of Premiere or mm. doing a, a, a recompress of something. See, have those CUDA cores kick in. Oh, yeah. Uh, and see if, like, is this going to be faster? And I'll say it's faster. I bet. It, yeah, yeah. It's nice. Those, yeah. Those video cards do so much that's not graphics these days. It's, I mean, did you see the stuff they rolled out yesterday? No, it, I, I forget the official name for it is RTX video super resolution. I think it I works in Chrome and edge. It dynamically, it does automatic like AI upscaling of, of low res video in Chrome and edge. What? So like, like any, wait, any, really? any old YouTube video or you go watch some of those 360 P giant bomb videos from the first few years. What? You blow up that video player. It will dynamic. You know, you, you've seen, you know, people doing an AI upscaling. Yeah. Of, yeah. Of yeah. Video. Real, t- real time. Yeah, I have that's, that that's Topaz a, software. Right, like that's offline upscaling. This is basically real time in your huh. browser. Should go, should go give that a shot. I should give that a shot. Um, I saw I saw some people doing it with the two human video. Huh. Like, 
it kind of you know it had a little bit of that plasticky look that sure. AI upscaling has, but you know. like uh, what was that uh, uh, the American action hero uh, the game we played that uh, the that FMV game yes. we played that yeah. time yes. everybody looked a little too plastic a little too mm. not not 1080p <laughs> yeah yeah uh, all right we're uh, let's move away from the video card stuff for a little bit um, I'm sure we'll uh, come back to it as we continue to play games on these things yes yeah. I'm, I'm excited to see pretty graphics both from from your streams and when I build a new machine as well <laughs> yeah I like it, it's one of those things where I play a lot of stuff on PC and it's nice to be able to I was getting into the medium territory which is fine you know mm-hmm. it's not a problem. But when you're trying to showcase a game, it becomes a little less. Fun. You know, it's just nice. It's nice to it's have nice. a piece of hardware that you know will play pretty much anything in your library as yeah. well as it can be played. Uh, it's nice to have the support of everybody out there and a company with which to do it as well. So mm-hmm. I'll say that. So because, thank you. Yeah. So thank you because these, <laughs> these are these are expensive cards. Didn't didn't have to cross your fingers and wait for next quarter's capex yeah seriously right yes i didn't have to write gaming chair mm-hmm. <laughs> on it um, no no this is for production work i swear <laughs> this, is- <laughs> this is right this is i need this uh okay uh let's uh before we take our break let's kind of quickly pivot over into uh playstation vr2 stuff i also got uh, my playstation vr2 i want to say i got it kind of immediately after we recorded the last one so i don't think i talked about it last time um out of the box booted it up i've been having a lot of fun with it I played some call of the mountain i think okay. that game plays well my space um is very small i don't have room scale where my ps5 is it's super small um so i've been doing a lot of it sitting down and standing up when i need to but the thing i realized was for me at least if i just slide my playstation 5 close to the door and just run the cable into the next room i could just wear that headset oh yeah in that oh, other yeah. room i don't need to yeah. be in front of the playstation totally. 5 totally you don't even need the tv on yeah so i can kind of just go my i basically have a tiny little like uh sliver of a room where that tv is i could just go into the living room and, and move a chair out of the way and play you could run an extension cord and set the do you have like a back porch or something do you just set oh. the ps5 <laughs> up on the back porch and play, it, and play it in the yard <laughs> Uh, I wonder if you, if you, if you, if you're not worried about your, the, your neighbor's opinions, if you, that would also think- be a really great way to confuse the shit out of Kirby. Yeah. Uh, yes, that would be kind of scary. Do you think, um, you think you can extend further on that USB three cable? There are extension cables out there that I've seen people say they're using. Okay. I would, in that in that case, I would probably just run an electrical extension cord, though. Well, I don't want to have to unplug or like plug the PlayStation 5 back in all the time. It would be so much easier if I just, um, if I didn't have to power down and, and unplug it and plug it back in. If I, I could just I, I, do the extension yeah. cable. But it's getting pretty long at that point. Yeah, I have seen some people say they are using extension cables. I don't right. know how long, but yeah, USB does have a, a signal limit. So I don't, I don't know how long, how much further you can go. But I only need like an extra three to four feet to get into the next room. So uh, maybe, I'll, maybe I'll look into that. Either way, my, I really, I think it's a, a nifty piece of hardware. I think, Brad, you were saying this on the, um, um, when you were on the podcast yesterday uh, with uh, Gordon, that it is still the thing you do in addition to playing video yeah. games. And I, I thought that was really great way to put it like it's it's not a thing i'm i'm not coming home and i'm not just like can't wait to get into more vr it's like i'll play a game and i'll be like i should go play some vr for like 45 minutes to an hour 
been playing a lot of Tentacular. I th- I really yes. like that game. The building in that game gets really weird, and, and huh. okay. you got like um these like sticky joints you can build stuff with. I've uh, been playing that. Like I said, Call of the Mountain. How, is, how far are you in Horizon? Not that far. Not that far. I've um every time I've played that, my daughter or son comes down, and then here's the problem with VR. It's so isolating. Yeah. I feel bad. I'm like you want to try and like then it's like okay well let's switch to your profile because the, i want you to have your own progress and also then we need i, w- I want to hope and i don't know if this is true it's saving some settings per vr on a profile i don't calibration settings and i don't know if that's true or not because the you know obviously the pupil distance is hardware that's with that lever but they're, they go through a whole setup every time somebody else's profile has VR on it. You can't, it's like an, that unskippable oh, setup. Oh, huh. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. So, so I switch it over to them and then they go through it and then they play Call of the Mountain for a little bit. And then I'm like, okay. And here's your brother. He played Call of the Mountain. And then it looks like, okay, my turn. I'm going to play Call of the Mountain. Uh, so I've made very slow progress switching between the three. Um, have, it, have you, have you made it to the hub yet? Nope. Okay. Yeah. Okay. We so, spent we spent a lot of time breaking dishes, as you might suspect. Oh yeah. Sure. Why wouldn't sure. you? The hub. You know, I've, I've tried multiple times. It's the game. The way that game handles the hub stuff, like you can't just warp back there anytime you want. Like once you're in a mission, you have to finish the mission to go back. And then I thought we talked about it last week on the stream. Once you get back there, where I'm at in the story, it was nighttime and there were no people around. But mm. I just you can just go find videos of this. I know I keep talking about it and not showing it, but the what they've done in that game, the work they've done to account for you getting way too uncomfortably close to the NPCs is like something you need to see. Okay. Because it's awesome. I don't know if you want to wait for a stream or I can just tell you and you can go pull the video. Tell me. Do it yourself. They have like socially, behaviorally accounted for the act of getting right up in the face of those people. Like they will lean away from you they will kind of look down their noses at you as they're doing it. Uh-huh. Uh, you can get right up on them and it's, you, I basically could not like get clip through them. I, I could not breach the, the character mesh. Like I could not get inside of the head or anything like they, they go out of their way to get away from you. That's funny. And, and I saw a video on Reddit of somebody. I didn't even think to do this. Somebody basically like using the two fingers, the in-game hands yeah. with the, with the index fingers to sort of like try to pick the nose of one of them. Uh-huh. <laughs> and they like, not only get like maneuver away from that, but they, their eyes go down and like kind of <laughs> like, sort of deris- derisively look at the fingers that are coming at them. Like okay. it's like, it's like weirdly it goes to your, I don't know, subconscious, just social sense of I'm bothering this person, you know, like yeah. it felt, it felt uncomfortable for me getting close enough to the, the models to engage that. That's fun. Like, like yeah. this character's like detailed enough and I'm close enough to them that I genuinely feel like I'm being creepy and bothering somebody because of the way they're reacting to me. It's like kind of an amazing detail. I like that. That sounds, yeah. that sounds like a smart way to do it. Yeah. Though I could go the other way and just allow you to like pick their nose or slap them in the face or, you know, like kind of three stooges their eyes or something like that and not have them react would mm-hmm. could also be fun like they should start making the three stooges noises when you do that there there is there's probably an um, like a massive amount of untapped comedy potential in vr like if you if you have the uh uh, mario 64 face style mechanics where you're just like pulling their nose Mm -hmm. (laughs) and their and their mouth while they're trying to deliver their dialogue um that could be fun 
I, I, I think it's a, I think as a piece of hardware coming from the PlayStation VR, I'm very impressed. I like it a lot. It's a lot of money. It's a, but it's a lot of hardware. The controllers take up a lot of room. I, I am still so futzy and fiddly trying to get them in their charging docks and like sliding them around to, to get them in there or putting them on. And, you know, I still have to turn the camera on in the VR to get my hands in the right way and find the thing. I still futz around with where the buttons are a lot of times. Which one has circle? Where's the triangle? This and the other thing. Uh, but overall, it's pretty good. I don't understand why you can't turn the system on with the PlayStation VR headset. Like when you hit the power on the headset, I feel like it should turn boot the system. Uh, but it doesn't work that way. Yeah, you, you, you can boot it with the VR controllers. With the controllers, so, so if yeah. if you kind of want to just get yourself situated and get it on and hold the controllers and then turn it on. And then yeah. once it's at the login screen, you can turn the headset on there and, yes. and log in. So. Yes, but it, like I usually wind up grabbing the headset first, putting it on, and then trying to boot the system to put the cameras on. And it's like, ah, oh, forgot. No, I can't do it that way. I also solved the same problem I had with uh, VR probably every VR headset, which aren't a lot, but mostly the PlayStation VR, which is I still get some blur around the edges. Like I can never yeah. get everything in focus on 100%, but, but the, um, adjustment controls on the headset are much better than they were previously. Yeah. So it, it's closer, yeah. closer. Yes. It doesn't, it doesn't fit with my this is kind of nitpicky, like the, the bigger headphones that I have, mm. like stuff like the Astro A forties and uh, things of that size. Like the first PSVR, those headphones fit fine over that. And this one, something about the headband is bigger or something. And like, it just, it, it are you using the earbuds, the ones that came yep. with it. Uh, like I'll I, use the earbuds or if, if like the kids are around, I'll just play through the TV speakers. Okay. I, I might have to go to those earbuds cause it does not fit with big cans as well as the first headset mm. did, mm. which is a little bit here. Here is the ultimate test of how much you like it. Yeah. They're like a, most of the reputable VR lens places are taking pre-orders for prescription VS PSVR two lens inserts. I would do it. Yeah. Okay. I, was just, I was just gonna say I kind of want to put my contacts in to play it. I, yeah. I actually switched yeah. out. I put a pair of old glasses near it, so because these glasses are a little too big. Yeah, um, so I, I I think I might I might go for a pair as well. I think I, I like this thing enough that either the the good ones seem like they're average about fifty bucks. But I have to and swap them out when the kids play, which would yeah. be kind of a the, pain. The one the ones I was looking at. I mean, of course they say this, but they say they're very easy to like yeah put it put in and take out for other people to use. So yeah, I would do, I would do it. Um, if it if it works well, if you're supposed to get your same prescription, I would yeah, do you, it. You okay. literally in the pre order form, you literally just punch in all those values for, from your prescription. Cool. Yeah, I, I would do it. Um, um, because I would love to get the headset closer in on my face. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think that would help I, with some. Yeah, stuff. I thought it is it is workable with glasses, but it would be way nicer not to have to deal with it. Yeah, I, I need to try it with contacts just to see if it's a difference. I'd probably do that before I pre order those lenses. Um, and the third party, they're not Sony. No, yeah, they're all third party, but these are companies that have been doing it for PC headsets for okay. quite a while. They, there's a lot of people vouch for this stuff. Um, yeah, I, I still, you know, I still think it is a peripheral and it is a novelty, and it is. I if if people want to know, I think it's not a must buy. I, I think it's a it's a cool thing to have, and yeah. Um, I, I now not that I have anyway. it. Not yet. And now that I have it, and there are a bunch of games. If you want to spend some money on the PlayStation VR store, you can do that. Um, but would I have would I have spent the money if um like I weren't doing this for a living or you know didn't have work to do it with? I don't I don't know if I would. Uh, uh having played it now, like 
I've been playing it a bunch and it's fun and I play it to make sure we have stuff to talk about too. And I enjoy playing it. But at the end of the day, I'm like, I want to go play Dead Space. <laughs> like I want to go put Dead Space back on and did enjoy you, that. Did you try firing that up in the, I, no, the cinematic mode? No. Okay. Um, you know, like I said, there's, there's a lot going on in my house at any given time. Being isolated like that's a little weird. I've sat on the dog a couple of times, you know, it's like... <sighs> You know, it's a big dog. I mean, it's not going to hurt him, but still. No, no, no. But like, you know, my dog likes to sit on that couch. And when I stand up and then sit back down, you don't know which part of the couch you're sitting back down on. And like, there's a dog. And mm-hmm. I don't put my full weight because I know a dog is there. But a kid can slide in. <laughs> you know, there's like stuff going on. So like, I'm so easily startled as it is. Like, sometimes I will literally just have like these earbuds in and me listening to music in here. And then like. Sam will knock on the door and I will go blah. So like (laughs) VR is a, I need, I need to make sure there's no one and nothing that's going to interrupt me if I'm going to do it. Otherwise I'm going to fucking fall on my ass. But it's, it's a, it's super fun. That's it. That's it. It's a fun, it's a fun, very expensive peripheral. Yes. Uh, and I think well-made so far. Uh, obviously I haven't hell of a time for expensive things that are kind of cool. (laughs) Yeah, right. Exactly. Um, I, th- uh, I I still I guess I think for me my biggest thing th- probably the next time I will talk about this is either a new killer game comes out for it or it gets PC mod support. Those are the two things I'm kind of waiting for at this point. Uh, a bunch of stuff we'll get to later was announced during the state of play for, and it's nice to see they're going to put some more games out for it. TBD on the kind of future dev support, I guess. Yeah, uh, I tracked. I did. I did a little research. I tracked down the developer of Ivory which is a driver that lets you use the original PSVR on PC. Yeah. Commented on the possibility of PC support for this. He said he's going to start working on it soon, but he also like, he had like this big three paragraph response to somebody on Reddit that very much was like, okay, look, if this ever works, it's going to take years. Really? And, and there is no guarantee this is ever going to work. Oh my gosh. Years. Yeah, so yeah. Yeah. So I think huh. it, it took like two, two plus years for the first headset and that, that headset was way less complex than this one. Okay. But so you're gonna be waiting probably unless there's some massive breakthrough, his, his, uh, his, his guidance is that it's probably going to be a while. Or Sony is like, I want to sell these things on a, on a different Ooh, marketplace. I mean, I mean, Sony's got their games, first party games on the PC. Maybe they'll be like, how many if people if the word gets out there and i'll start the word wow this is really a great way to get into vr um and if it had pc pc support i would say this would be a no-brainer buy for everybody out there now start spreading that word out there and so sony can move some more headsets because i'm sure the ps5 install base is still not huge and i'm sure they want to move more of these units and if you don't well i wonder what you would need that's the other kind of x factor what kind of uh pc you would need to run the hardware right uh, on on the um if you plugged it into your pc now you have to worry about what's in your pc right because obviously playstation 5 closed system they could develop for it so i don't know all right we're gonna take a break we're gonna come back we're gonna talk about video games that don't require necessarily a very expensive video card or uh, uh vr headset but Eh, couldn't couldn't hurt if you had it. We'll be right back. Uh, stick around. This week's show is brought to you by Rocket Money. Rad Shoemaker, Alex Navarro. I bet you guys have subscriptions. I had a lot of subscriptions. I had too many subscriptions, and at a certain point, 
I had to drill down. I had to, I had to focus. I had to make sure that I did not have so many subscriptions anymore. You had to take time out of your day. My busy schedule. Your time, which is worth more than anything to find those subscriptions and cancel. Brad Shoemaker, do you live a subscription lifestyle? I am just a walking monthly bill at this point. <laughs> it's the world we live in. If you need help, boy, guys, I got some, uh, I got some news for you. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you lower your bills all in one place. It says here that most people think they're spending $80 on their subscriptions, but in reality, the number is closer to 200. My God. What are we even doing? With Rocket Money, you can easily cancel the ones you don't want with just the press of a button. Rocket Money also lets you monitor all your expenses in one place, recommends custom budgets based on your past spending, and they'll even send you notifications when you've reached your spending limits. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions and manage your money the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash nextlander. That's rocketmoney.com slash nextlander. Rocketmoney.com slash nextlander. Thanks, Rocket Money. All right, we are back. And moving on uh, to more video games here, Alex Navarro. Yes, you uh, you played some of that Atomic Heart. Yes, that game, uh, which has had let's just say a little bit of a a murky situation going on around it. Uh, yeah, developers. what's the story? What's the well, state? Short version, you know, Mudfish, uh, a developer that was at one time I think based in Russia, but no longer is. There was some reporting out there about the company having specific financial ties mm -hmm. to various Russian state uh entities and for their part they have not you know they've tried to sort of talk around it without just straight up saying you know making anti-war statements because that is a thing that i think is somewhat of a dangerous thing for russian citizens to do but also i have no idea what their real opinions are on this sort of stuff so you know people who are uncomfortable with the idea of supporting russian anything right now given the state of the war in ukraine have raised some concerns about this thing. Mm -hmm. um, I've, you know, I, I I don't feel like any of this stuff has been fully picked apart, and it feels like we're not going to get any real resolution on it in the foreseeable future. And honestly, the only reason I booted it up is at this point, one, out of curiosity, because it did always look like a really interesting, at least visually, you know, piece of work. And yeah. second of all, it's on Game Pass. So I was we like, a lot it's of there it already. Leading up in up to uh, in the Planorama and stuff, we, we yeah. see it a lot. And uh, I booted it up too uh, a little bit. It's it's. I mean, aside from the murky kind of uh, development process, it is also in game a Soviet kind of alternate Soviet era game. Oh, so extremely. Yeah, yeah. and so in you, that Bioshock way, which by the way, this is a Bioshock. Like it's a hundred percent a Bioshock. Um, but yeah, like in that sort of here's your alternate historical take on things. Here is a, a, this like retro futuristic technology. Um, everything in the world is very much like Soviet Union thriving. America sort of, you know, suffering at the at the, you know, the the great advancements in Soviet tech type stuff kind of mentioned in the intro there. But also they got the most Yahoo ass Americans to fucking voice these characters in a way that is borderline hilarious. <laughs> 
Have you have you enjoyed what you played of it so far? I only got through kind of some of the walking around just to see what the vibes were in it, and it's like it takes a know. while to get going. It's like yeah, it has it was one of those long. big check out all this scenery we built intros where you're walking around and looking at stuff. Is it actually open world? I've seen talk that like I know that prologue stuff is very protracted, but if, like I've seen people say like, oh, I got out into the open part, and I wasn't sure if it's like truly open world or like how it's structured. So I haven't gotten a full sense of that yet. Like the first place they dump you, which I'm still in now, uh, after you get through that intro is in this underground base uh, where a lot of like the robotic stuff is happening. By the way, it's about robots that go haywire. Um, mm. I'll leave you to determine why the, the robots have gone haywire, but you can imagine there has been some political malfeasance going on there. Um, but like... The robots have that, like, that sort of, like, mid-century automaton kind of look to them. They all kind of look like crash test dummies. And the ones that don't just straight up look like Matrix Sentinels. Uh, like, there's a lot of, like, weird, squiddy, drilly, kind of nasty things, as well as, like, these sort of people robots. But it seems like it has that Bioshock thing of, at least when you're, at least in the area that I was in, like, there's a lot of areas you can kind of wander around to. A bunch of them are locked off. And then you kind of go around, like, puzzle-solving your way and combat encountering your way through the areas you couldn't get to before. Um, but I don't have a great sense of exactly how open it is yet. I don't know if I would call it open world, but maybe it's, like, open area. Mm. In that yeah, Bioshock kind that of ma- way. That makes sense. Yeah, that yeah. makes sense. Like, I've seen people talking about it, you know, not just because of the kind of maybe... Um, uh, murky or, or unsure provenance of the game, mm-hmm. but, like, you know... Hey, you know, B game ish kind of. Oh uh, yeah, like yeah. here's <laughs> okay. the thing: if it wasn't for the visuals, which I do think are pretty impressive and like have a real distinct style to them, that is not just here's our you know Soviet take on Bioshock. It is the most B game ass B mm. game I have played uh, in a minute. I mean, there have been actually been a decent number of games I would put in that category recently, but this, like the writing especially has this real, you paid $40 for this, for the PS2, like, just chucklehead fucking writing, which, it embraces it, I'll say this, it's not trying to pretend it's smart and it's dumb, Mm. it kinda knows it's dumb and is just leaning all the way into it. So it's on Game Pass. It's um, sixty bucks, I think, on the on the PC, and seventy bucks, I believe, on the consoles. If you're if you're paying retail out there, um, yeah, I don't know. Like the um, combat's okay. I think I think yeah. like you have this. Uh, it's yet another game where you have a little talking thing that's attached to your hand. Uh-huh. Uh huh. This is just an AI that is sort of in your super cyber glove, which has these little. T- One of the neat visual effects is these little tendrils that come coming mm-hmm. out of your cl- glove all the time. They attach to things. They suck in all the the gear that you're going to pick up around the environment. Like, literally, it's like a vacuum that just sucks everything in when you're in a room that has a bunch of, like, stuff to collect, which is kind of neat. Um, but, yeah, like, it's... Scanning. A lot of scanning. It's a lot of scanning, but the combat, at least in what I've had, like, the guns are okay. The hand-to-hand is fine. Like, it's challenging, but I don't feel like I've seen a lot of variety in it yet. There's probably more once you start unlocking more things. But, you know, all the weapons are upgradable. It's, I don't know, like, the gameplay feels very okay so far. It it really feels like you're there for the visual feast and the the aesthetics. Yeah, so you know what might be worth doing because it's also on PC Game Pass and your save would just carry over is you should go download that version since yeah. your save will just be there. And so 
that game originally made a name for itself because they put out a tech demo benchmark kind of tool thing a couple of years ago. And everybody was like, holy shit, this looks amazing. Like people use that to benchmark their PC stuff. So like if you really want to see something that looks great uh, and pushes that new card, that would be something worth looking at. Yeah, I'll take a peek at that version. I, I I had already downloaded it on the Xbox prior to getting this card. I just hadn't started it up yet. So, but yeah, I'll, I'll give that a look. Um, it's okay. It seems yeah, okay so yeah. far. But again, I will totally understand if people are like, I am not comfortable playing this thing in its current yeah, situation. Yeah. I really wish there were more clarity on that 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 thing. I mean, there I, won't be is the thing. I, I don't think we're getting any yeah, more out of this until I mean, either the war ends or uh, something bad happens. We're we're past. I think we're past the window where they would be willing or likely to say anything else. I think yeah. that's kind of they've kind of let that go at this point. Uh, all right, that's Atomic Heart, a game. Um, <laughs> A game which I feel like in in my soul people should be talking about, or is a big deal, or I don't know, maybe maybe in certain I think circles it's because it's a big we deal. are of a certain era of gaming <laughs> maybe. that maybe we and also a certain you know uh, you in particular have a certain alignment to this kind of game. Maybe, but the game I'm I'm feeling nobody is talking about that came out uh, like last week is Company of Heroes three. I feel like a Company of Heroes release should be a big deal. Well, it used, to, used be. to be. Yeah, and this is kind of um I I even want to go double check to see if it was on the uh uh Steam what is it what do they call their tab now noteworthy or you know like a, a new new and trending or whatever new and trending and did not see it really there. I man. don't think so at least as of today I should check top sellers that makes me man RTS has kind of been lost in the wilderness for some time now so and and coming up here is three I don't think is so. My memory's terrible. I don't really remember when Company of Heroes 2 came out, but I feel like it's been a bit. Oh, it's been like yeah, a it's decade, bad. I want to say. So it's been a long time. You'll have to forgive me on like what Company of Heroes 2 did that Company of Heroes 3 is also doing or what's different because I, I it's hard for me to remember. It, but just just under a decade, like okay. June twenty thirteen, actually. I I don't remember it's been so long since I played two that I couldn't tell you. <laughs> it's so you know, a Company of Heroes is a game that I kind of had a bit of a love-hate relationship with, or a franchise. It pulled the camera way in, kind of went more with squad-based RTS mechanics that um, kind of Warcraft 3 had, and not necessarily hero units in Company of Heroes, oddly enough, but... Um, you know, it's more of like, hey, you when you build a unit, five five guys are going to pop out, and the health of your unit's going to be dictated by how many people yeah. are left in that squad. Much, much squad tactics are kind of the name yeah. of the game. It's not it's not the Blizzard or even like Westwood Command and Conquer style yes. of I'm just going to I'm going to I'm not going to attack move like eighty guys at this base, and they're just going to all get mowed down like cannon fodder. It's yeah. like the cover mechanics were the thing in Company Heroes that really jumped out of like, oh wow, you can tell these guys to go take cover and they will intelligently totally. find places to do it and you can flank and it's, yeah, it's cool. Yeah. Flanking. Um, um, like you said, uh, cover mechanics and also, um, I don't know if this was, I remember from companies of heroes, but I don't know if it was new in there was, you know, when you set a destination, when you hold down the cursor, you can kind of say how you, where you want them to point and set up fire was also kind of neat. Uh, and that's all here. Uh, the cover stuff is here. The, um, the vehicle stuff is kind of neat in Company of Heroes 3, a lot of armor and um, uh, moving around artillery on the map. It's World War II, in case people don't know. Um, it, uh, the campaign I'm doing now is on the uh, Italian front, but it is still just killing Nazis. It's mm -hmm. like, you know, I think within the first mission, they're like, oh, the Italians have surrendered. We're basically on the same side now. 
Never uh, gets old. Yeah, yeah. Killing Nazis. Killing Nazis. Um, uh, it's if you're if you're up for shooting uh, uh, Nazis with old World War II weapons, boy. It's got it. If you want to hear people scream, my kids are upstairs, so I'm going to scream it low. Just people screaming f- f- fucking Jerry's and the mm-hmm. whole thing. Um, well, I've got a game for you. Okay. Um, it's a lot of that. It it it's not bad. Yeah, it it. it I'm I'm looking at review. It reviewed pretty well. Yeah, it's not bad. It's just it feels a little also ran. So there's um there's this overworld map which I don't think company of heroes 2 had much of this but you kind of have this like zoomed out campaign map which feels more akin to like a sieve than a company of heroes Mm -hmm. where you have um you'll have like a representation of a tank unit that you are now moving on (laughs) moving across a map with movement points like oh you can move 23 movement points and you have one action and that action can be capture a town or not, or sometimes you'll get into these skirmishes and you can either auto resolve the skirmish or you can jump in and do the skirmish yourself. Huh? It's kind of weird. Um, it's, and you know, there's some strategy on, you can capture towns or capture ports or capture other things that give you different resources and, and mechanisms to move your troops around on this kind of bigger tactical map. There are, I'm pretty early on, but there's like loyalty points for uh, decision making between the different generals in the campaign. Huh. There's one general where I am at who is on the, um, uh, forgive me, I don't know the name of the armed forces, but basically the UK's uh, a branch of the armed forces and the uh, uh, kind of uh, United States branch on the Allies side, right? And they're cliche butting heads being like, you should take the more measured approach and go capture this port. And the cigar chomping U.S. guy is like, come on, just rush in there. We got to push them back. And, you know, you're like, you agree with one of them. So basically, it's either Brad Pitt in Inglorious Bastards or Mike Myers in Inglorious Bastards. Is this full on on Patton? We'll remember that. Yes. So like, yes. So if you side with Patton, it's not Patton. But if you side with the cigar chomping guy, you get a point or something that he's got his own tech tree, which allows you to then kind of get things (laughs) down that tech tree. Um, Or, you know, they're they're small. They're like bonuses, right? Of like, oh, okay. It's an interesting wrinkle in it. Um, I'll tell you what, though. That map is so damn tight. I can't see anything. I am constantly spinning the zoom wheel back to be like, (laughs) you got to give me a little more on this thing. You can tilt the map to kind of get a lower angle and see a little further ahead, but I just want to zoom out more, man. I really just want to see more. There's kind of neat, um, building destruction. It's, it's, I read some reviews where maybe that people were having trouble with bugs, but it's been work for me working for me. Uh, you can clear out buildings. It's kind of neat. It's overall, it's a mechanically sound game. I think it's pretty good. It's just, I think my biggest criticism is I've been a little bored in it. Mm. Like, um, that's, that's kind of it. That's, it's maybe a little boring. Yeah. I don't know what state RTS as a genre is in at this point. Like there aren't many of them anymore. And maybe this is why. Uh, there was just that uh, Demon Hunters Warhammer 40k game, which was more XCOM than RTS. Yeah. Like that, it was more like that, and I think that's where I'd rather spend my time personally than in something like this. But I really like the Dawn of War stuff and where they went with the where the Company of Heroes 
don't know if it was the same team. It really yeah, felt it was, like it. Well, I don't know it, about the same team, but yeah, they were both Relic, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. If, like, it felt was, like they basically just made a the later Dawn of War stuff, this, like Dawn of War this, 3. Was this Relic? Did they make this? Like, whatever version of Relic there is now. At TH, uh, is this THQ Nordic? Is that the current name of oh gosh. where Relic is? Oh, no. Because Sega originally put these out, right? I think yeah, they Sega, published Sega's, them. Yeah. Sega still got Relic, right? Oh, I thought THQ Nordic was doing this one. I don't think so. I can't Maybe remember where everybody where everybody wound up. It is um, hard to keep track these days. Yeah, it's like I said. It's um, this is still Sega. It's still Sega Publishing. Yeah. Okay. Um, and it is and it is Relic still developing it. So it's it's not bad. Um, it is you know it's fifty bucks. It, or sorry, sixty bucks on uh, on the PC. So it's a full price game. Not that I guess it should be anything less than that. But like I said, it it feels like a game. If you like a, bit, a traditional a RTS, of, like out this of time, is, maybe a bit. Yeah, I don't know. I'm like, I have to play more of it to come to some kind of grand conclusion. But like I said, it's, it's just, I just found it a little boring, but sound, and I don't really have that many criticisms of it other than it's not grabbing me. Hmm. Um, so that's, uh, that's out. I uh, came out last week. Uh, there was, I'll just tack on here quickly because I was going to play it. Uh, but that settlers, that new settlers game came out. Mm. Oh, oh man, yeah. people, that's... people are they're not happy, Ooh. not Ooh. happy about that. And I was, cause I am not a settlers uh, fan or, or very familiar with that franchise. And I was like, Oh, this is cool. Finally, I can get in there and see, cause people love that series. Uh, see what's going on there. And, um, Boy, not so much. Like when I was looking up to be like, oh, I'm gonna get a primer on this thing. People, this is, uh, this is the settlers' new allies, right? Is yeah, that's the new one. Yeah, yeah. People did not seem very happy. Like, really, kind of angry about it. Just not not the settlers they had wanted. I guess is the thing. Um, more than just savior. kind of like my game. Mm-hmm. 50, yeah. 58 average on that one. So yeah, um, you know. People comparing it to more of an Age of Empires than, uh, uh, I guess, what Settlers was, which was more in-depth. I keep saying, like, oh, RTS is dead, and I keep forgetting that Age of Empires is still kind of going strong. And, in fact, like, they started a whole new studio to keep it going, you know? So, yeah, I guess the, all, all of the classic RTS franchises are not, are not a thing of the past. Yeah, I mean, Relic, Relic Touch Age of Empires... I don't think so. That, that was like a weird was mostly, one. That was Microsoft, right? Yeah, it was mostly just Dawn of War and Company of Heroes for them, um, I believe. And who did the most recent one? Uh, wait a minute, I could be wrong about this. Oh, wait, no. Did they do AOE 4? I think they did. Okay. Actually, yes. I totally forgot about that. They are They are the RTS people at this point? They and Worlds. So Worlds Edge is the studio that xbox has running we're kind of stewarding age of empires now it's like them and relic are credited on four and they've got a home world coming out right in the home world three supposed to be this year man it's hard to keep track of where home world is these days still coming soon on okay no date that's that's gearbox putting that out i think gearbox bought the home world ip right they did yeah oh weird okay wait so relic is making it no, no, that's Blackbird oh, so Interactive, which oh, I, I, okay. I could be wrong. I think is like members of the original Homeworld team. 
All right, we got to stop. We're going to get we're too in the weeds. Mm-hmm. It's um all right. Anyway, that's Company of Heroes 3. Um Yeah, I'm curious. I nobody I haven't seen anybody really engaging with it that I know or or talking about it even on the on the Discord and um like I said, it's a game in a previous incarnation of covering games, it would be a big release with an event and the whole thing. Yeah. Um yeah. Uh Another one that is in early access that I didn't really think would come out, but it has come out is Kerbal Space Program 2. Yeah. Um, they did we, it, sort of. Well, yeah, it's still early access. There are noticeable things missing with it. There are noticeable things wrong such with as, it. Such as air. <laughs> such as an it's atmosphere. Currently, it's currently missing air. And um, some interesting physics in some places. Yeah, so... um but th- for what it's missing, I will say my time with it, it has a pretty great onboarding for the basics of getting a ship up. And the tutorial seems like it's got a lot of person- personality and um, it's But it well also done. feels like it has not lost the the flavoring of what made the original Kerbal both interesting and goofy. Yeah, and uh, I, I mean, they basically seem like they rolled in a lot of the better mods that for Kerbal and just kind of, which they should have integrated them in. It remains TBD. Let's see what happens with future mod support. Modding was a giant part of Kerbal. And so we'll see what happens, especially on the console side of things. This is on the PC. We're playing it again, early access. It's $50 currently. I don't know if that price is expected to go up at full release when the game finally comes out. I could see it. I could see it as well. It's 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 something that I could also see in early access for a very long time. Yeah. So, um, you know, I th- I want to say it's almost hard to know Kerbal not being in early access because that game constantly felt like it was iterating and changing. And uh, but this this seems polished. Um, oh, that's not the right word. It seems like, like a, they. It's it's a good foundation yeah. for them to work yeah. off of. Like that yeah. stuff. Like the bugs we ran into aside. It feels like most of the features you would want are at least in some form there. Yeah, or on the way. I mean, yeah. like it's you know it's getting kind of drubbing a drubbing on Steam. I think because of the price it launched at and at some of the bucks. stuff that's missing. Yeah, yeah, I think some people are you know not thrilled with the price for some of the fundamental stuff that's not in yet. But it it seems like it'll get there. I I would see those reviews being justified if the thing had been out in early access for a while and they mm-hmm. had not updated the roadmap or actually started to add those things. I think at launch, it's it's a little weird to go hard at something like that and say, well, all this stuff is missing. And it's like, yeah, they probably know that. They, their roadmap looks cool. You're taking a gamble, like any early yeah. access thing. You're taking a gamble on it. And whether the stuff is implemented well or gets implemented at all, that's a gamble for 50 bucks. You know, like, hey, hey heads up, it's 50 yeah. bucks. But also, they, also, if any of you make an appearance on the Steam page, I don't know if you've seen. No, I did not if you, see. <laughs> if you have it in front of you. Uh-oh. This news update on Steam with the headline, uh, KSP2 performance from Thursday, the 23rd of February. <laughs> If, wait, you find wh- the, if you find the thumbnail for that. Wait, is that supposed to be me? If, if you're going to tell me that's not a Kerbal <laughs> version of you, I don't know. I don't why, know what to say. Why is that? Well, that's weird. Okay. Would, yes, it is definitely. A, hey, listen, that could be any person. Fair. You know, there's okay, a lot of people. Okay, but here's the thing. Uh-huh. That does look a lot like you. You know, there's <laughs> a lot of people with glasses and beards out there, but you know. Well, they have a. 
they're wearing a a, a kraken get kraken that that get kraken shirt with an octopus on. that could be anybody i don't make that piece that no that's you sign. okay i'm saying I'll it's take, you listen i'll take it i like herbal a lot Vinny. um it's you it's me uh the, like i said the roadmap i'll just read off some of the things in the roadmap because I, now that i have the steam page open um this the campaign is not in the game yet um that's the thing that i really want to see the kind of uh inter uh the i was gonna say interstellar interstellar stuff is also a thing i really want to see um and multiplayer like that's a thing on their roadmap which i really want to see like Man. being able to jump into kerbal with other friends could what, be really fun what does that even look like i wonder it's like i mean surely everybody's not gonna be like putting parts on the rocket at the same time like that seems like a recipe for chaos but so I wonder like or maybe maybe everybody's like flying their own rocket how cool same, would that be if you could same solar that would system? be cool or what if you have a rocket that splits into three things like once it's in the like there's okay, a lot of interesting sure. things that could be there oh, yeah Did, like multiple people kind of controlling different systems on on one rocket and one space yeah like a little like lovers in a dangerous space time style yeah, I, could, like, I could see potentially. either way however it goes i mean look we do scrap mechanic multiplayer and they that works in a way you know like you can have you can have that stuff um integrated where you're doing one vehicle or multiple vehicles either way i think it'll be cool and interstellar travel would be a really new and novel thing again for uh, uh, the Kerbal Space Program. So yeah, I, th- I think I think I saw some people in stream chats say they're going to do like planetary colonies eventually or something like that, like base building on the I, on the planet. Maybe I hope I didn't imagine that. Um, that'd be neat. That they don't have uh, uh they have colonies on their roadmap, but it doesn't. Oh say, yes. say interstellar yeah. colonies. Yes. Uh, so I I assume that would be a thing if you can get the pieces out there. Here's here is a straight up screenshot of a moon base. Moon base. Ooh. Uh, that's that stuff could be cool. I've already watched Scott Manley do his stream, so I feel like I'm all the way back in it. Uh, saw, saw some of his tweets about the performance of that build. <laughs> yeah, I mean, seems like it was. I mean, he's not running it on the newest hardware, but it seems like it may be a little rough for him. So I did run it on that 4080, and it ran for. You can watch the stream; it ran pretty well. Uh, aside from like again, we re-entered atmosphere and never hit the ground, which was yeah. d- disconcerting. Um. Kerbal Space Program 2, I'm looking forward to it. I don't know if I will go back into it quite yet. I mean, the thing is, when I do it, I kind of want to be playing it on hard mode. Like, I want it to be realistic for that sense of accomplishment. So, if I can re-enter the atmosphere without um, without burning up, that's it feels like I'm getting away with something, you know? Like, mm-hmm. that's... Part of the fun is like, oh my gosh, we forgot a heat shield, or you can't jump out at the last minute, or you know those those things. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I, I kind of want that stuff to be in. We'll see. Uh, hopefully, the development cycle is, is rapid. Um. All right, Brad. Aka R. Oh boy. Aka R. Oh boy. Aka Aka R. Aka R. Still feel like I'm pronouncing something wrong every time I say that. That's what we're going with, though. Uh, Aka R is, is, we probably talked about this when Atari 50, the anniversary collection came out. I never even heard of it until Atari 50, but it's Mm -hmm. like the legendary prototype Atari arcade game that they made like three cabinets for, put it into test. Everybody was like, this is way too fucking hard for the mainstream. And then they just kind of canceled it. And so Jeff Mentor, I think we talked about this in, in news a few months ago, like Jeff Mentor has had his kind of legal 
run-ins with Atari in the past. Like there was maybe some not great blood there, but he's kind of made good with the new management there. Mm-hmm. And they contracted him to basically do his take on what Aka-R would have been. And it, it might be the most mentor-ass Jeff Mentor game to date. Oh man, And that's, that's saying, saying a lot, lot because yeah, yeah. every Jeff Mentor game absolutely radiates Jeff Mentor. Yeah, I actually, I mean, I, I guess I should say that's excluding the VR version of Polybius because being inside of a Jeff, nothing will ever top. Nothing will no. ever be more Mentor than being inside of a Mentor game. <laughs> if you've never played Polybius in VR, buckle the fuck up. Uh, don't do drugs beforehand or do, I mean, but prepare um, yourself accordingly. You might, you might have a bad trip depending on what you do. Um, okay. So it's a I'm trying to think how to describe it. It's kind of an overhead game. It is an arena sort of based thing, but you're not controlling a thing that moves around. You are a bullhead in the middle of the arena because of course you're a bullhead because it's just a uh-huh. game. Uh, there are like enemies like flying onto into the arena and you shoot bombs. You move a cursor around you shoot bombs. It's almost this missile command style thing of, you know, like you blow up a rocket missile command and like another explosion comes out of it. Mm-hmm. It's kind of that you're, but you're trying to kill the most enemies with the fewest bombs. So you basically want to, every bomb has a radius, an explosion radius. And if you kill an enemy with that radius, they will also explode into the same size radius. Okay. So you're, you're trying to like time the bombs that you're shooting out and place them properly. And chain to, it to, so okay. the more enemies that die off of one chain, the higher the score goes. And also you're racking up like it gets complicated fast. Like every enemy you kill with bomb chains gives you bullets and bullets can be fired without resetting your bomb chain. Every time you fire a bomb, it resets your kind of combo multiplier to zero. Okay. So you want to use as few bombs per level as humanly possible to keep your, keep your score up. Again, you're racking up bullets by killing enemies with bombs because there are some enemies that can only be killed with bullets. And killing the enemies with bullets create more bomb explosions so you can get more free bomb chains without screwing up your bomb combo, your bombo. Bombo. Does it uh, make... As, does it feel intuitive when you're playing it or are you, are you constantly kind of running math in your yes, head? Yes, okay. but in true mentor fashion, he's like constantly just throwing random text on the screen all over the place and uh-huh. everything is flashing a bunch of colors constantly. Uh-huh. Like everything, you can go into the menus and actually turn down sort of color activity. I forget what they call it, but it makes things flash less. Um, I've also left out the part where there's a basement. Like, okay, we should play this on. We should we should play this a little bit on stream. I would yeah, love yeah, to. We have but that grab bag coming up. The mentor mentor terminology is amazing. Occasionally, enemies will invade your basement and try to steal your health. And so, Vinny, you, you know about this. Yeah, yeah, like, they're always trying to steal my health. You, you basically when and I'm, I'm still not quite clear what the cue, the audiovisual cue is that enemies have invaded the basement. But when they're in there, is how you take damage. So you have to hit a button and literally sort of fly through the the main arena you're fighting in, okay. and go into the sub arena where you have to fight off the enemies that are trying to take your health out of the basement. And every time you do that, there's an air horn, as rules. there should be. Uh, this game is uh, it's a lot. It's kind of it's kind of amazing. I'm, it might be a little too much. I haven't decided yet. But what's up with Jeff Minter? He's a good he's, guy. He's awesome, man. He's one of the coolest people in the games. He just I, likes to he just likes to hang out down the pub and have a pint and eat some curry and make some amazing trippy 
you know, multicolor flashing light arcade games. Like the the category I've always put him into is something like um, Alan Moore, but without the extreme crank bent. Sure. Like he's a little bit of a crank, but not like only mostly in regards to Atari and working with them. Yeah. By and large, he's actually a pretty friendly, like, oh, like chill dude. Yeah, I've never met him, but if you follow him on Twitter, he seems like a very, like, just, yeah, chill, gentle, friendly guy. Uh, I mean, I, who knows? I, I don't know him personally, yeah. but he's, he seems cool, and he lives in a very beautiful part of the world, it seems, uh, and and kind of in, a, like, a very kind of agrarian sort of place like, from the like looks of things. When I look up pictures of him, he's, like, always hugging a sheep or an alpaca yeah. or something. Yes, yes, yes. that he's, is that man's gotten, entire life. Yeah, and I mean, I don't mean that, like, der- like, in a derogatory yeah. way. It, it, he, he seems like he probably leads a pretty, I don't know, I shouldn't say peaceful life because I have no idea what he's got going on, but like the scenery and stuff like that, you know. Well, the thing in the like interview if, if that, can, just, that just ran with him recently is that like his only real beef is that like he just wishes he didn't have to keep making games to make money. He would rather oh, sure. just make his little projects yeah. and not have to worry about that stuff. Dude, fucking preach. Yeah. <laughs> is, that the, is that the Polygon interview? Yeah. Oh, I, I didn't was, see that. I have to. I read was just that. looking through that. I was going to read a quote here because Brad, you mentioned before his kind of Atari uh, uh, whole <laughs> debacle. <laughs> this, this headline is amazing. The Wizard of Gaming Psychedelia is back on his bullshit. Yep, <laughs> is uh, how this interview is titled. The here's what he says about the whole Tempest 2000 thing. Um, he says, I made one of the best selling games on the Jaguar and by way of reward, Atari changed the game just enough to cut me out of any royalties then released it on a much more successful platform under a different name. Mm-hmm. Um, Minter last ruefully. I actually spoke to the programmer several years later and he told me he'd been specifically instructed to change it just enough to quote, wow. reduce the royalty burden. Wow. Now, now isn't that lovely? That's fucking terrible. I had no idea about that. That's that's uh, that's really just shameful. It's pretty spectacular. Um, anyway, yeah, there's you know there's probably been like eighteen changing of the guards at Atari since that happened. So he's obviously cool with whoever's running it now. In fact, the credits page for this is something I would like to show you because okay, one of the better credits pages I've seen in a video game. This I, I will read this interview later for sure. But this pull quote at the bottom says everything. It's just me dicking about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. As it like, should be. I think, I think that's his philosophy for if you can, if you can just make cool <laughs> games and like live on or near a farm and just hang out in nature and stuff. That's probably pretty good. Jeff Minter. That, that said fully get the whole like, man, I would love to work on stuff and not worry. I'd worry about if it makes money or not. I mean, of course. Who, who wouldn't? Of um, course. Where, yeah. Do you know where he is? He's in the uh, UK. Somewhere in Wales, I believe. Okay. I think it's in Wales, mm-hmm. but definitely in the UK. Um. All right. Uh, maybe we'll uh, look at some Aka R on yeah. this week's grab bag. What, what is it? It's like 25 bucks or something. I think 20 bucks when I looked it up. 20. Okay. The show. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's cool. It's cool. It's a lot to take in. Uh, another game that it maybe is a lot to take in uh, that was just shown uh, more uh, at the state of play is Humanity, and you played yeah. the demo. Yes, there's a demo of Humanity out. I know, like all the outlets I saw were saying, like, oh, Enhanced and Neil- it unveils their new project, Humanity, but they actually announced it like two years. Yeah, ago this thing's been kicking just, around for a while. They just haven't shown much of it since the announcement until now. Also, Enhanced is, is Mizuguchi's new studio that did Res Infinite and Tetris Effect. It's not even that new anymore. Yeah, or yeah, not new, but it's his most recent studio. His current but, ongoing concern. 
Yeah, this game is credited to a different developer, though, so this might be more of a publishing arrangement or like a co-development sort of thing huh. with Enhance. I'm not sure, but um, you're a dog? You're a, a, you're a ghostly, ethereal dog. Yes, I am. Who might as well be, but it's like a talking dog. Apparently, you were a human. There's a whole preamble, even though this is basically a puzzle game. Um, it's kind of it's kind of half Lemmings and half like a PS1, PS2 era puzzle game, like an intelligent cube or something like that, because it's on kind of a grid. Is basically how I would describe it. You're this dog, but the dog is kind of basically a cursor because you, you do jump, but otherwise, the dog might as well just be like, here's the thing you run around to place commands and mm -hmm. like stuff like that. Um, but Every level has a goal, and on the other end, there is, like, a person emitter out of which, like, th thousands and thousands of human, mindless human beings are pouring. Uh -huh. And they just walk in a straight line until you use the dog to give them commands to, you know, turn here. It, like, all the turns are 90 degrees, and, you know, it's like the levels are all tile-based, so it's very easy to just, like, say, like, okay, three spaces from here, I need to make them turn left. Two more after that, they're going to have to turn right. You know, you know that kind of thing? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm not super deep in. I've gotten a few other abilities. Um, I've gotten two different type of types of leaps. I can say like do a, like I can place commands, and it can be either like do a short leap here or a long leap here. And those and commands will stick so that the entire chain of humans yes, will do that so, leap. Okay. So it's it's less it's lemmings in the sense that there's this huge chain of kind of mindless things you have to guide around, but it's not lemmings in the sense that you're penalized if they fall off. Like I had to get used to that very quickly. Okay. Because you're going to lose, you're going to murder, you're, or, or you're going to let thousands of people fall to their death in this game. Like, like it's, it, it seems inevitable that almost, pretty much every level, as you figure it out, like people are just going to be falling to their death left and right. Um, there are these golden idols that, as the crowd walks through them, they'll attach to the crowd, and those are critical, or they're like bonus. I think to to finish a level, you just need to get some number of people into the goal, and it doesn't actually tell you how many, which is a little weird. Uh, but if you get those golden idols to follow the crowd and don't let them die, then you get like extra, you know, their bonus objectives or whatever. Um, and you can only put one command per tile is the other thing. You can't say like okay. turn and jump here. You have to replace one with the other. So they're definitely very quickly gets into this like economy of commands of like, oh, I've only got so many spaces to work with here. I've got to figure out how to do this efficiently uh, and make this work. Um, it's cool. It's It's pretty neat. Oh, also the dog can... The dog can possess a person and then like basically just swim through the people. Oh, to so what like end? You can just to get around faster. Okay. Or actually also there are, there are surfaces that humans can climb. The dog has a very high jump. It's like a comically high jump, hmm. but there are still platforms. The dog can't reach on its own and people can just climb up climbable surfaces. So you can just sort of like possess a person and then sort of swim up the river of people climbing this wall to get to the top. It's a weird game. It's a, it's a really striking it sounds, visual. Yeah. yeah. It, it, it looks, especially as, as you're playing it and just seeing these like floods of people that kind of move almost in a fluid like way, you know, yeah. it's, it's pretty neat actually. And the thing I was going to say earlier, like the point about like VR being a thing you turn to, not your primary thing. I guess. So this has even the demo has VR support and I actually, the level design is pretty ornate. Like you very quickly get to the point where it's like, Oh, there's like two or three paths over and through each other. And it's kind of hard on a 2d screen to see exactly where each one's going. So getting into VR, it was like, Oh, now I've got depth to work with here. And now it's like, there are three, three paths between me and where the people are, but because I can see the depth I can, or even like peer around them, it's a lot easier to get a sense of how the levels are constructed and kind of figure out how to solve them faster. 
Interesting. So you found so that maybe adds a little. It's it's a little. It's actually a little more playable in VR. Also, it's just got the. They should have. There's. If there's still time, this is coming out in May. They just announced. If if you're listening, enhance. If you can add a tilt shift filter to the VR. Ver- well, would that work? Is that weird? Is tilt shift a, a is, well, is tilt is tilt shift just an effect of two D? No, no, no. Optics, or would that work? In well, the, you, they could do that foveated rendering and, and incorporate it with some of the tilt tilt yeah, shift. I, I, I know they could do that. What I mean is, like, can you could you recreate tilt shift with three D optics, or is that just is that one of those things like um. I, I don't know lenses and optical I, physics well at all, but I wonder if that's one of those things that's like, oh, you wouldn't actually get tilt shift from from a 3D camera. No, I think I think you would just you're just basically dropping. It's like a you're like you're looking through a macro lens, and the depth okay. of field is so shallow that um you know everything an inch behind it is thrown thrown. It's like you've zoomed in so much, you've opened that aperture so much, and let so much light through that um because you got to zoom in that it's just tiny. Like it would make everything look very small. Right. Yeah. So it kind of does in VR. It kind of has, okay. it takes on the look of like a miniature in front of you kind of with these okay. tiny little people running around. So it would be really cool to make it go all the way with that. It's neat. Um, I want to try it out. It's, 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 it's cool. And like amazingly generously, the level editor is just in the demo and like, Oh really? The interface, the interface for people to upload levels is active. Like you can just, oh get this demo and start downloading people's user made levels right now and playing them. It's not just, it's not just the story made or the story mode demos in here or levels in here in the demo. See, this is great because like that, uh, what is it? That whoa long demo that's out there. Like your progress in that demo will apparently carry over yeah, into the final I saw game. That. Like giving yeah. people access to this kind of stuff and letting it actually be meaningful in the final game, I feel like is a really great way to demo this kind of stuff and not have it feel like a waste of time. Yeah, I, I know. I know demos are a lot of extra work for developers, but yeah. it's kind of awesome. Awesome to see stuff like this. Also, this demo's out on Steam as well, and in fact, you can share levels between platforms. I played it on PS5. Okay, um, it's cool. I I I didn't really know what that game was before they showed it last week and put this demo out, but. Uh, I'm I'm pretty into it. It's kind of tricky. Like I I'm not too many levels into that demo, and I got stuck not knowing how to. There's one other mechanic. There are switches that only activate as people are flowing across them. Okay. And you've only got one flood of people, and some of those switches like create the bridges that you need to get to the exit. And so the level I'm on right now is like okay, I need people to be walking across these switches to activate the bridge that other people need to walk across to get to the goal. I'm not sure how to make both of those things happen at once. So like it's pretty tricky. It's cool. I'm I'm I want to play the full version. It's it's neat. Like you said, May, which is not yeah. far away now. Yeah. Um moving on here to uh, just a quick check-in with the old Dead Space. I continue to come back to Dead Space as the game I just want to keep playing um while I'm going through everything else. Like, ah, oh, I played enough of this other game. Let me go back to Dead Space for a while. I'm I'm still enjoying it. It's um, I I have my I don't know what do you want to call it? tier three tier three suit and mm-hmm. tier three security clearance now. So now I can scoop up, especially with the the security clearance. I think there's only one more that's like master security clearance I've seen on stuff. Um, so I can, now I'm trying to. There's basically one side mission that I have, and it's like get all these rigs from everybody, right? Explore yeah, every area of the map yes, and get all the I've, rigs. I've got that one too. That's a neat little side thing that they put in. I, th- I think yeah. the master unlock is like a pretty late game sort of end game type thing. 
so I had gotten frustrated with doing that side mission because a bunch of them are behind level three security doors or security I didn't have. So I was like, I'm just going to wait until I'm pretty, pretty far along here. But now I'm there. Um, yeah, I like it. I, I got stuck at the same place. I think I got stuck when I played dead space, which was, um, I don't know if you remember this, but it's the part with the big trash beam. It's the, uh, um, it's like this incinerator beam that is shooting out and it's like, Oh, you can't turn gravity back on because there are floating asteroids in this thing. You got to throw the asteroids into the beam. And then as soon as you turn the the switch on, like a million enemies pour out at you on your, on these little walkways. And it, it took me a couple of tries until I just basically, and this has been my whole time with dead space, do the right combination of, um, enemy management. Who, who should, I, who should I stasis? Who should I take out first? What legs need to go off first? A question I had for you, Brad, was um, the guys that explode with the little, the the carriers, the bloaters, little, let's little say. creepy crawlies come out of them. Yeah. Like, if you knock off enough limbs to kill it, it does not explode? Is that is that how oh, that works? I don't works? know, actually. I I feel like an idiot here. I'm so trained in games. Like, like, zombie games have trained me so much that when the bloated zombie comes out, you shoot it in the bloated part. That that's yeah. what I do to those things every time I see one. So I like definitely... The, 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 shoot, the shoot their limbs off part of my brain just turns off when I see those <laughs> things. So, like, I... That's a good... I don't actually don't know the answer. Because I've definitely had it a couple of times where I will still try to knock them to the ground so they slow down. And they'll be like, all right, let me shoot a limb or something. And then they'll just die and not, not explode. and Because... Those little things suck, man. Yeah, they're, like, yes, that's kind of the only reason I have the flamethrower most of the time. <laughs> yes, uh, um, I'm running with a flamethrower, the, um, the the plasma cutter, which is basically the thing I've been upgrading. the The pulse rifle, uh, I think that's what they call it, which is also the thing I've been upgrading a little bit. And um, I really enjoy the force gun. Have you used the force gun? I've got the. I don't think I have the force gun. I have the the last two weapons I got are the line gun and the contact beam. Okay. The force gun might be my favorite thing in the game because it. <laughs> I don't remember this from the first one, and this might be a thing they added. It just blows the skin off of everything. Wow. And so you just will shoot a thing, and it just turns into this stickly red. Wow. Um, you know, it okay. doesn't necessarily take their limbs off on the first hit, but they just turn into meat. Um, where their skin just blows off of them. So I've, I've noticed that happens to individual limbs when you shoot them. Yeah. If you're pretty close, you can see that. There's actually a trophy for stasising, like yanking a, I don't remember what the term is, but you can kind of damage a limb down where it looks like meat like that. And then apparently you can use like the, the stasis grip thing to like yank the limb off. Okay. So I'm guessing, I'm guessing that's like maybe doing that to the entire enemy all yeah. once or something. So I think it's, yeah, it's shredding that first layer and it's like, it's pretty disturbing, but also kind of a little comical because they're just like, they look naked, you know, like, Ha-ha! yeah, um, it, I, I'm looking it up on the old, how long to beat right now? Cause it, it feels longer than I remember the original game being, but I don't know if that's just cause I'm being more meticulous and I've, I've backtracked a lot. Like every time yeah. I get a security clearance, I'm like, well, I guess I got to go back to medical and find all the level two stuff I missed. I find um, they're they're pathing me through that stuff intent like with yeah, the I, game. I, I I knew they would do that. I'm just I can't help myself. Like uh, anytime there are need that node. Uh, anytime there are upgrades within reach, I have to go for them. Um, this this says 12 hours main story. I'm at like eight hours, and I'm not even halfway through the game. <laughs> I, I'm about um, I'm I'm probably a little over eight, and I, I'm 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 probably a little bit further than you are. Um, or did you do the um? 
Um, Sorry, that's that's 12 hours for just main story. This does say with the side missions, it's more like 15, 27 hours to get everything. So hmm. uh, that's if, if I'm I am definitely getting everything. So that's about on pace for that. Sorry. Did you did you turn the air back on yet? No. So I've got an, I have not played as much of this game as I would like because I hit a real shitty bug. Oh, no. Where it wiped my security clearance. Wait, what? Like across all of my saves, not just like the most recent one, like all of them. Wait, you can't uh, play the game then. Like I was I was in an area I was in an area that had a level two security door in it, and I had actually done this early, like the night before and died. So I go back, I load it up again the next day, and I went back to that door, that level two door, and it was just like, You do not have the valid security clearance. I'm like, the fuck are you talking about? Like huh. I opened this last night, check my menu, sure enough, security level zero. Zero? Yes. Oh and wow. I went, and, I, and I went back like three hours in saves and loaded up and still zero. So I I Googled around. There's like a small number of people on Reddit that I've posted about the same issue. Um I didn't think to check at the time, but like people that were having that bug said that their save or their sorry, their side quest log was also being wiped along with that. Uh so, so what do you do? What's the resolution? I stopped playing Dead Space. Oh um, man. I mean so hopefully it, at some point they'll patch it, it but it took a it took a patch this morning and I loaded it up and it still hadn't resolved. But then I rebooted the PS5, so I like I for I should say force quitting the game was not enough to fix it. Like mm-hmm. firing the game back up and reloading, it was still there. Rebooting hard rebooting the PS5 and then restarting the game, it actually had just it resolved this morning. So okay, oh, that's uh, that's so, good to hear. That would, that would yeah, I was I was just like that's well, the end well, of it. Like, then. I mean, you know, I th- I think I'm pretty sure there are story parts where you can't get past without yeah. Speedy stuff oh for sure yeah um, i mean that's i think that's some of the story gating in the game yeah so there are not a lot of people that it was like five people i found on reddit and saying they had run into this uh, all on ps5 from what i saw oh that's a bummer um, also right before that happened the game had failed to like load isaac in like he was invisible okay so, so you're having some issues so so i i was it was basically like playing the game in first person mode for a little bit Okay. And then I was like, oh, that's funny. Whatever. I'll just reload my save now. And that's and that's when I reloaded. And I was like, oh, ah, anyway, I, anyway, I hope I hope the fix sticks. It looks like it looks like it it fixed itself this morning. I'm um, I'm I'm enjoying it. I am. Um, I like it. It's awesome. Yeah, it's, it's great. I, I remain very impressed with the dynamic kind of random stuff that they're doing, like both enemy spawns and kind of just set dressing environment stuff like like the times they're just willing to turn all the lights off is cool, you know, and they'll do it even in like storage rooms where enemies can't even spawn, you know, but it's still creepy as hell when you're in there. It's like you unlock a security door. It's just a closet with five chests in it, but still it's pitch black in there. And it's like, fuck man. And then you'll be in there for three minutes looting. And right before you leave, the lights will flicker back on, you know, and you come back later and the lights are just on, you know, it seems like something as simple as like randomly turning lights on and off, like adds so much atmosphere. Yeah, it makes it feel um, lived in, like a like a functioning yeah. or malfunctioning and, space. And it kind of raises my hackles because you don't know what to expect, you know? Like, it's you're kind of always on your toes because, like, shit, they might just spawn more shit in here. Mm-hmm. Like, do you remember Do you remember that room with a bunch of electrified flooring? Mm-hmm. Did you, like, open that door and just go in there, like, walk right in? Uh, I don't remember exactly. I mean, I definitely didn't step on the panels. So, well, well, so unless this was bug-related, which I assume not because this game does stuff like this, like... I opened that door and it's a huge room and like half of it is electrified. And I was like, Oh shit, I don't want to just charge in here. Yeah. So I kind of backed away from the door and it immediately spawned like three necromorphs into that room, like right in front of me to the point that I was like, Holy fuck. I like ran away from the door. So it would close fast enough that they couldn't get me. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's a tiny little hallway that leads up to that room. 
And as soon as I had done that and backed away from the door and it closed and it was like, oh, well, good. They can't get through the door. They fucking dropped another one out of the ceiling right on top of me. Oh, Jesus Oh, that's Christ. a bummer. Like, so I did that like three times where I opened the door and like started like it didn't actually kind of cross the boundary. I sort of backed away and they kept spawning them. Finally, I was like, all right, I should just run in there. So then I opened the door on that reload and ran in there and there was nothing like no enemies. And so it really made me wonder if like. Did they set up triggers for like, hey, if somebody is too timid, we're going to fuck with them? I don't know. I have I could be reading way too much into the experience, but it seemed like it was like, okay, if you're not going to approach this with with some boldness, then we're going to like punish you for it by dropping a bunch of extra enemy. Like, it could be it could be some weird spawn behavior that's not intentional. I don't know, but that's kind of how it came off at the time. Mm-hmm. I've was, definitely was run neat. into triggers of repeatable triggers where like that room I was just talking about. Initially, I my my initial reaction is sprint away from you know you're on this platform. It's very narrow, and there are enemies coming at you from both sides, right? So and and they're they're pouring in. So I was like, okay, let me get to a corner where I can hold them off, where I'm not fighting two fronts. And so for the first three or four times I tried it, I'd run through, but I'm I kept triggering more enemies by doing that. And the time I wound up beating it, I just stayed still. And after I killed the first wave, the next wave didn't trigger until I huh. walked yeah. to the trigger point, and then more enemies came. And I was like, "Oh, okay." I'm just, I was just hitting the invisible tripwire boxes that was making. So there are definitely situations, but that being said, I've had encounters I've done a couple of times where I've gotten different amounts of enemies uh, in the room. I can't. My my only beef with it is. Um, it's not, it's 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 not like a design flaw or anything. It's very intentional. It's like I have trouble seeing some of the enemies a lot. It's very dark in places, and especially in the zero G uh, places. Yeah. And, and enemies are really tough to. And, and the ones that are shoot projectiles, I have to wait for them to shoot often to track where the projectile came from to spot them. It's yeah. just hard. Or, or the ones that launch themselves at you in zero G. Like, yeah. Are pretty hard to see from a distance until they're coming right at you. That that's tough, and um, you know it's. It's a game of low health and like I, yeah. I don't like I don't like having to like wait when I hear a thing in there and like I'm just spinning around being like, Where is this thing? I'm just gonna get hit. Can be um be a little tough, but that force gun, that's a lot of fun. Yeah, I gotta see that. It, it's it's fantastic. It's it's really cool. Especially yeah. after after having played Callisto so recently and like I I redid enough encounters in that game to tell you that those are static as hell. Yeah. Like same enemies, same configuration every time, pretty much. I um, so. I'm trying to remember where this whole thing. I, I know t- at least one or two more zones I need to get to. So, did you do the asteroid part? Um, I was on my way to do that, or I've okay. kind of I'm kind of in all the stuff you do, sort of leading up to that part. Is, okay, is, is when it broke. Curious to hear what your thoughts are on the the kind of reimagining of that part too. Uh, of course. Uh, what would it be without just mentioning uh, Hitman Freelancer mode? Um. You can tune. I haven't played much more than we did on on Monday, uh, but I'm excited to get back in there and jump in uh, on that new graphics card and try it out. That mode's still a lot of fun. So um, that's the other thing. If Dead Space weren't the thing I'm trying to wrap up, I'd probably be spending more time on Hitman Freelancer. Hell of a mode. Game of the year. Hell of a mode. Just call it. It right might be. Now. It's possible. I mean, it does, it does feel like the ultimate expression of Hitman to me. Yep. Yeah. I mean, whatever the story kills are a totally separate thing. You know, they're their own thing. But 
this being randomized really throws you into situations of just like, man, I got to think my way through this. Like I've really got to engage with the mechanics of this game. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And not just rely on this weird, like scripted runway kill or whatever. It has taught me so much more about Hitman than I ever thought I needed to know. Like I have to play this as a stealth ass stealth game now. Or not. Just take your, uh, you could try to hide behind a, a thing and see how many bullets you got. That probably won't work out well, but you know, you could try. Uh, that's gonna do it for the games for this week. That's a that's a grip of games yeah. going out there, and they're um they're gonna keep coming as we roll into the rest of March. Here, uh, I was just bringing up to see what is what is coming up in March. Uh, oh, that clash that art that um Ace Team game. Yeah, the new uh, Ace Team, the like Xeno Clash set, Souls like. Yeah, Xeno Clash Souls like is like too powerful a phrase. It really is to, to utter out loud. And then at the end of the month is that Crime Boss Rocket City. Yes, uh, and then Resident Evil Four yeah. uh, is on its way. Yes, as much as as much as there are maybe other games in that in that series, I would have picked as a, for a remake because I mm. still think Four is a great game. Very excited to play that. Coming off of these other. Just an embarrassment of survival horror riches lately. It's true. It's true. Uh, We're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back. We're going to talk about the news. Stick around. This week's show is brought to you by Bespoke Post. Alex Navarro, you know I love packages. I mean, I get them all the time. It's always an exciting time when a box arrives at your door. It is always an exciting time. Sometimes they open that box and it's from Bespoke Post. And inside that box, like this week, is a knife. It's a, a, you know, a thing I can use when I need to cut things. I think this one, I, this, I've i gotten more than a few knives from Bespoke Post. Are you trying this- to say that when you get a knife, the thing you need to do with a knife is knife? <laughs> I might have gotten around to say that in a shorter way. I, yes. Yeah. All right. Uh, this one was uh, specifically a uh, fishing knife, which means it's got uh, all the things you need to fillet a fish, let's say, or, or field dress a fish. Bespoke Post puts together a box of awesome. And the things inside that box range from whiskey glasses, which I've gotten. I've gotten uh, incense things that I still have and use in my bathroom. Uh, and sometimes, occasionally, a knife uh, that will go inside a kit that is themed because, Alex Navarro, you take a quiz at boxofawesome.com. Your answers will help them pick the right Box of Awesome for you. They release new boxes every month across a ton of different categories, and each box is valued at around $70, but you're only going to pay a fraction of that price. This is one of my favorite parts, Alex. With each Box of Awesome, you're supporting small businesses. 90% of everything that comes in your Box of Awesome is from a small up-and-coming brand. It's free to sign up, and you can skip a month or cancel at any time. To get 20% off your first monthly box, sign up at boxofawesome.com and enter the code NEXTLANDER at checkout. That's boxofawesome.com, code NEXTLANDER for 20% off your first box. Boxofawesome.com, code NEXTLANDER. Thanks, Bespoke Post. And we're back in time for the news, the news, the news, the news. Of course, as we lead up into the summer, we've got news about releases, but also news about covering those releases. 
the biggest game show in town. That's right. Us. This Us. podcast. Hell yeah. Oh, Max oh, Lander. You, oh, you mean E3. E3. We, of course, have E3. If it's not Microsoft Blizzard News, it's E3 News. Brad Shoemaker. That's right. What's going We're on? Here. We're here with news you can use if you're people like us trying to decide if you should go to E3 or not. Uh, uh, Nintendo has made it official. Okay. They're not going to E3. Uh, so IG, IGN had reported that rumor two, three weeks ago or something. Was it even maybe a month ago? ago? Yeah. And Nintendo has now given a statement to IGN. We approach our involvement in any events on a case-by-case basis and are always considering various ways to engage with our fans. Since this year's E3 show didn't fit into our plans, we have made the decision to not participate. However, we have been and continue to be a strong supporter of the ESA and E3. Yes, I bet you are. Confirmed. Uh, Yeah. You know, obviously they didn't say anything about why. Uh, They've got plans. They were double booked. Uh, You know, actually, I, I take it back. Like saying didn't fit into our plans is actually kind of saying something. No, that's, I mean, that's, I mean, it's, it's pretty generic, but like, that's like saying, I got to leave. I got to let the dog out. Right. Well, well, what I mean though is like, I don't feel like Nintendo's got a lot announced. Like advanced wars and Zelda are both going to be out before E3. Right. Like they do have some other stuff on the books, but nothing huge except for Metroid prime four, which like, who knows if that's ever going to be a real game or not. Like, Maybe they actually did, wouldn't have had a lot to show, you know, like maybe they're actually they maybe they didn't have the lineup to justify the spend. You know, the thing is, though, Zelda is the kind of thing that you could definitely carry an entire show appearance on if you felt really committed to the value. Of mm, well, that it'll show. be out by then, though. So, like, I don't It's coming out in May. Yeah, so. but people would still want to see it. And, eh, you know, I don't know. I don't I don't I mean, like. In the old days, if we just have a booth we need to fill out and there's going to be a bunch of buyers here or whatever, like, sure. They, they did the what? They did um, Breath of the Wild had the fully, fully done booth that time, right? Yeah, like yeah. they were, that, yeah, but that game was, that game was, that was June before a March release. So there right. was a good, good window there. I, I'm I not saying I, there's not a difference. It's just that like you could have a big Zelda presence and then also fill it out with your smaller Switch releases if you had for, enough of those to to make it into a thing. For for a booth, yes. For a like press conferencey thing, I think maybe not gotta, so much. You got to bring a lineup, and I don't know what they've got. Well, maybe. they've also um, they've also been pretty pretty um, consistent with having stuff on their directs. So you know, their stuff has less of an impact when there's, there's yeah. They're filling it out throughout the year. That's the other thing is like, do they actually need E3? Like, absolutely not. No. No Unless they were doing hardware, which they're not. So, you know, if they were, if they were launching, if they had an announced hardware, they want to launch. I I feel like they wouldn't even announce hardware at an E3 anymore. But if they they, had. Yeah. I remember the way they announced the Switch was bizarre. It was like two months before it came out and it was just like, here's a YouTube video (laughs) with our new console in it. Yeah. Like I very just vividly remember that day. I think it was the morning of a bomb of a bombcast. Like it happened like right before it or something, and it was just like, I guess there's a new Nintendo console to talk about now. Like it was just like not the fanfare you would expect for something. But like also, why wouldn't they just do that? Like they're going to dominate the entire video game news cycle with that news, no matter how they put it out there. So, so the the other kind of piece of or the interesting bit, I was just going to say piece of a puzzle, but it's not really a puzzle. Um. You know, they'll probably have, well, I don't know. What have, what have they been doing at TGS? 
Do they? Um, I don't know. I've kind of lost track of TGS. Same like, here. My understanding feels, is that like that's usually where Sony dumps all their stuff, but Nintendo does yeah. not have a huge presence okay. there. I, that that may be the I, that actually may be the case. They may not participate in TGS. They're waiting for Space World, of course. Yeah, Space World. We all are. Um, We've all been game, waiting for Space World. Shoshinkai is coming back. Um, Gamescom? Are they? Are they? I don't think they do much at Gamescom either. I think they're they're kind of all in on directs and stuff now. Um, the other, the only other thing that comes to mind is like maybe they did not find the terms of the ESA appealing for this thing in terms of like what it would cost and what they were going to get out of that. I don't I mean, know. Th- this news is is made uh, out of the three. Nintendo feels like you know they were the first ones to kind of roll back on their press conference stuff and yeah. Uh, so yeah, so they they were the first ones to stop doing the live event, but then Sony kind of one upped them and just stopped showing up. Period. Yeah, right. So like. Nintendo was kind of a question mark. Sony, it's like, okay, they already pulled out of E3 once. It's You can kind of pretty easily see them not coming back to this. But maybe Nintendo will be there, but no. It, I'll, I'll say this for Nintendo. When they have hardware, they do need people to try it because their hardware is so damn weird. So they always need physically to have people there. It's not like they can just demo a game like Sony and Microsoft and be like, ah, you know what a DualShock yeah. is. You, know, you need yeah. to be like, here's this weird check out milking a cow or like, you know, uh, try out all these weird things, press people yeah. Like we need Re- to have you here. Repeatedly. There's been the experience of going to E3 and getting there like two days before the show and like seeing if you knew anybody that rated going to the early Nintendo event to see their new stuff like two yeah. days before the show that they couldn't come out and talk about directly afterwards. But it's like, okay, <laughs> it's mostly like major newspaper people and people at the biggest sites. It's like, Oh man, they, they got to use it. They got to touch that new controller. What's it like? I'm, right. Or see the 3d right. or, you know, whatever yeah. it is or build a Lobo. Like, you know, um, you know, some of their stuff is pretty physical, so we'll see what happens, but it doesn't sound like they have any of that to show this year. So maybe, yeah. maybe it doesn't fit into their plans. I, at the same time though, I feel like they could come out and just say like, Hey, it's a new switch. It's just like the old one, except it's like eight times faster. And people would be like, <laughs> fucking, I'm like going to climb over my mother to give you two fistfuls of money for this thing. I, I would probably do it as well. Not That's, climb over my mom, ooh. but I would definitely be like, yes, this is doesn't have to be exactly the same, but it couldn't run the games that I wanted to run basically. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, obviously you would hope for improvements on, like, the sticks and, like, eliminating stick drift and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But same basic concept of just switch but better Yeah, is, like, kind of all I want out of that. Yeah. Uh, all uh, right. Anyway, this boy, does this not bode well for the new E3? There's always Ubisoft. No, there isn't. Well, they'll be there if, there's any, if the E3 will have if, them, right? If, I, if it's happening. If it's happening, mm-hmm. they'll be there. Um, all right, Brad, you've got another story here about an announced, a confirmed release. Yeah, I guess it's confirmed. I don't think it's the way that (laughs) poor Ed Boon, (laughs) poor Ed Boon. Uh, who, who was, what was this person's position at? I think it might be the CFO. Warner Brothers Discovery is now the name of the company. Uh, executive vice president of global investor strategy. Okay. Is the one who said on an earnings call with investors, there's lots more to come, including the highly anticipated mortal Kombat 12 and suicide squad kill the justice league games also set for release this year with ambitious launch projections. I literally in the note here. I just, (laughs) I just wrote market combat. 
Um, <laughs> so uh, two yeah, things. The, uh, yeah. One, I actually feel a little bit worse for the uh, the the Suicide Squad devs, Rocksteady now because the people were picking apart that footage they got out there of that game recently of like all the like. Here's all your gear menus and all the gear ratings and all that shit and people just groaning endlessly at that stuff. Mm. Like well, especially especially in the wake of Gotham Knights. Yeah. Mm. And Avengers and every other game that is trying to do this now. But yes, this is a sucky way to have the reveal that your game is coming out, but also I feel like everyone kind of knew that MK12 was at least on the horizon if not this year. Yeah, well, probably. I mean, the well, the, the main question was that that studio has been flip-flopping for quite a while now. You know, they would do they would do MK and then basically a DC game generally, right? And then another MK. Like, it was kind of back and forth between MK and Injustice for a long time. So it was, you know, they, they did MK11 and it was like, okay, are they going to go right back? Or are they going to do another Injustice or maybe something else? I just feel like the appetite for Injustice has kind of mm. dissipated, which isn't to say those games were bad. They're not. I, I enjoyed them okay, but I feel like Coming off MK11, especially, there was a lot of momentum there. I could MK11 see them being like, amazing. let's get on to the next one. Like, uh, they, I, I, I do have to say really fast, like right after this happened, I, Ed Boone was out there on Twitter. <laughs> so who's heard the news about Injustice 3? <laughs> <laughs> like, I just, I, I, oh man, I feel for. I Listen, MK is a big enough splash. And I think you're right. You both are right where it's got a, enough um, heat behind it where this could have been a really fun thing to announce and build. Yes. Ed Boon likes a tease as well. He's out there. There are much better ways to do this. Than an earnings call or marketing pitch. Uh, but uh, in terms of injustice, I wonder if they'll hold off on injustice until they lock in their uh, their whole new uh, mm. DC verse to get their likenesses in an injustice. It's possible. So the, the characters and the voices are the same people that are represented on though. Maybe that adds a whole other wrinkle because maybe they don't want the actors and actresses that are playing those characters. Don't want to be in that kind of fighting game where they're, you know, like, Hey, I don't want to be seen beating up people. Kind of like sometimes cars don't want to get damaged kind of thing. I don't, mm -hmm. I don't know what those. Yeah, that's are like. yes. I'm trying to think. Well, that was kind of why injustice also lived in its own little sub universe and wasn't just like, here is your mainline DC story. Like it was its own thing. Uh, yeah. You know, Street Fighter, the movie, the game exists. It's been done <laughs> before. Um, uh, yeah. Um, what was I going to say about this? MK11 is so damn good. It is <laughs> like, I kind of like I get I get the idea of MK11 was so good we need to follow it up, but also it was so good that I have no idea how to follow it up. Like I I don't know what do you it is, what is it, it MK12? Is, like, is it a that reboot is, I, again? I am comfortable saying have like I, knowing full well there are a lot of fighting game story modes I have never played. Like it's the best fighting game story mode ever made. Like that story and the way it's implemented is so goddamn incredible. Yeah, you know, like it's the perfect part of this is just me. Like, they went to the nostalgia well so hard on that one. Like, they can't do it again, you know? Like, they they did the MK1 through 3 callback, like, time travel. Here are your old favorites, and then their old versions kind of teaming up, and here are all the backgrounds you love, and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Like, that's part of why that game was so great for me, and they can't do that again. So, I don't know. I don't know what they do. But the story does leave like them a wide open door to yeah, do literally like, anything. They so. quite they quite literally unmade. The, you know, I never played that DLC that came out. I should go play that story mode. It's just a continuation. It doesn't really change where the main story yeah. left off. Like they they pretty much like unmake the universe in that game. So mm -hmm. they quite literally can make the next game whatever. And they Liu want. Kang is essentially a time god now. He's god. Yeah, Liu Kang becomes god, which it's about time. Yeah, um, <laughs> but 
Uh, the other the other thing with nostalgia play is they did the crypt in that game is literally just you running around Mortal Kombat Island. You yeah. know, like they Shanks they Island. like like they hit like they literally are just sticking electrodes in the in, right into the brains of anybody who loved. 90s arcade mk that's one so they can't thing do that again either you know? I, that's one thing i hope they actually do revamp a little bit i like the crypt as a concept but that thing was unwieldy after a point it like is, constantly having to run through that thing was not that much fun after a while it's incredibly arcane like just trying to figure out and it's like kind of cool in a way that they hide so many weird secrets in there it's like oh man like there's like a meteor just hit and i just got this shard of like green glass out of it what do i do what, what do i plug that into you know it's almost like a weird adventure puzzle game thing but yeah it's like you got to look up so much stuff to like even figure out what to do in there yeah but just just creating modeling building out that environment and letting you just run around that island oh that's great cl- close up was so damn cool i mean it's what made shelton so like, monk so much fun was the idea of like actually right. creating an adventure within those spaces that yeah, like so, obviously the world combat mythology game did not do so they they burned all of their kind of nostalgia capital on eleven already. So I don't know. I hope I hope they have cool ideas for twelve, but I just have no idea where it's going to go. I feel like the bigger thing for them though is that, and I mean, like this is just a personal opinion and just my perception of it. But as good as the story stuff in those games have been, and as well as they play, they are great playing games. I feel like the the modern Mortal Kombat's their shelf life in the competitive scene, I feel like has gotten shorter and shorter with each release. And I'm not really exactly sure why that is. If it's just people deciding to move on after a certain point, be like, nah, I'm going to focus on this game. But like, I feel like it's time in, let's just say, you know, the Evo main stage, those games feel like they get pushed further and further down the card faster. And I don't really know why exactly that is, but it feels like that's where it's been kind of been trending. And I wonder if they're going to try and, maybe make the focus just trying to come up with like ways to keep these games more like the longevity more, yeah, I don't more know. available. I don't know. I don't know. It always, it always felt like maybe about a year that I would see the latest MK talked about in a competitive sense. And then it would kind of fall off of my feed. Yeah. And it's like, um, they're, they're also coming out. If it does come out this year, which it sounds like it will, they're running into a rough year because street fighter six mm-hmm. has a lot of good buzz. Yeah. Tekken might hit this year. What if it's street, tech- what if it's Street Fighter Cross MK? Hmm. It's the only way they can do it. Mm. Warner Brothers ain't that hard up yet. And that's not <laughs> a diss street, on either company. I'm just Fighter, saying yeah. I'm saying that like Warner Brothers is gonna be weird about that until they need the money. I uh I don't know. I don't I like I am I like Mortal Kombat not as much as you, Brad. I know they like I don't have that nostalgia for it. Like I, I was never very good at it, but I really like the narrative stuff it was doing. So <clears throat> for me, it's like, how do you make people happy with a with the because when they added new characters, what like around five or something? Like I don't know the new class. Four and Kombat? five is where Four. they started adding a bunch of new characters. Yeah, well, to be fair, they added a lot to three, but three one to three is still considered kind of like one continuity. I mean, so is four technically, but also like f- put it this way, four is where like Quan Chi and people didn't love and it, Shinnok, right? and 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 so forth showed up. Like that was the first point where they started putting in characters that people were not super stoked about. Um, so I don't know, like. Does Mortal Kombat 12 have Scorpion in it? And if when yes is the answer, uh, is that like a teaser or is Scorpion like a playable character out of the gate? Like, do you have or a whole are you new hiring? Roster? 
are you just straight up hiring fucking Hiroyuki Sanada from the most recent Mortal Kombat movie and doing the DC Universe thing, but for Mortal Kombat now? Like, all are, the movie actors are now the characters. Are they Are they doing a sequel to that movie? I have not heard of one actually being in production yet. <laughs> when I Google the words Mortal Kombat movie sequel, the first thing I get is Mortal Kombat Annihilation. <laughs> they don't want to do not, that again. I know that. Not the, not the sequel you want. No. What if they did, um, was it New Nightmare, where they're making the Freddy Krueger movie? Yes. Okay, what if they do that for Mortal Kombat, where they're That's making- like kind of an like interesting a, angle. Yeah, like they're trying to make this thing, and you know somehow there's actual Mortal Kombat happening. I mean, just giving, giving this version of Johnny Cage like more of a platform for assholery is definitely a valid direction. And more like meta iterations of him. The current- the current depiction of Johnny Cage is just incredible. He's not even in that movie, I don't think. Uh, yeah, I believe that's the case. Um, I don't I believe, remember him being in there. Uh, I believe they are doing a sequel to that movie. Okay. I don't know. I don't know if there's a tie-in. There I thought it did okay. I just I wasn't sure if they had actually gotten to the, that stage yet or not. Okay. Since this is since they kind of wrapped up the story in eleven, what if Mortal Kombat twelve? You see the Mortal Kombat logo, right? It's like Mortal MK twelve, and then they put a little ampersand between the one and the two and they're rebooting one and two hmm. um with with they just start over again I mean, that's the thing they already rebooted it i guess you can't yeah, do they, that they can't yeah. like like nine already nine already was kind of that <laughs> i mean nine was the straight played completely yeah. straight nostalgia play so <laughs> 11 was the one that like looped the nostalgia back on itself. Yes. Yes. 11 is the like meta twist kind of version of like nine was just sort of a retelling. So actually now that you mention it and like 10 or X or however you want to refer to it is kind of the weakest of the three to me. Yeah. That's the one they threw the combat kids in for. Uh, yeah. And like they made good on a lot of those characters in, in yeah, 11, in 11. 10, 10. I didn't love the story as much. And Eleven's also the one I enjoyed playing the most. Like I spent a good couple months after it came out online, like playing it online and having mm. a pretty good time. I okay, I, I'm go, I'm trying to rephrase this in my brain, but I'm just going to say it the way it was originally going to come out. Yes, nine and eleven are great. Nine eleven, nine eleven is great. Yeah, take that shit out of context. Yeah. Uh huh. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. Inside jobs. Mm -hmm. So yeah, twelve twenty twenty three, along with yeah. Street Fighter and possibly Tekken. Yeah, man, what a what Just a, a banger year for, year for fighting, fighting games. games that these all hit. Um, Tekken right. says 2024 right now. I don't know. That could change. It could be fiscal is the thing. Like it might, it might end up in like early next year, but all we need to know, I feel like as soon as they announce one character, we will kind of know what's going on with Mortal Kombat 12. Like if, if it's a picture of uh sub zero or scorpion, we kind of know what's going on. If it's a picture of a whole new character and a whole new art style, we probably know that they're going to be trying to refocus somewhere. So Ed Boone is on Twitter a lot. Let's see what happens. I, I feel so bad for him. His mentions are an absolute trash fire. They always are. Just, of yeah. People just screaming at him about their favorite character, not being in the game constantly. That has Time. been his existence on social media for at least a decade. Like I, I, I remember him tweeting something about purple rain at one point. I think it was you know, like when Prince passed or maybe on the anniversary or something. And like, it just saw a bunch of replies from people just like you're adding rain to the game. Finally, <laughs> like fucking oh my God, man. just some, let the man like some music for a minute, please. Somebody has absolutely already 
messaged him that he had they have a like a Mortal Kombat 12 tattoo on their calf or something. It's a uh, oh my gosh, I just got this today. And Ed Boon has probably re- retweeted it and been like, mm-hmm. awesome. That's great. Uh, Mortal Kombat 12, stay tuned. Uh, Mortal Kombat, not the only video game out there getting, I don't, well, this is not a good segue. Not the only video game out there. Oh, <laughs> Elden, Ring, Elden Ring is also a very popular video game. Uh, Brad, why would I possibly be talking about my game of the year, Elden Ring? Um, There's DLC coming. It's kind of all there is to say about it is they announced the name, which is Shadow of the Erd Tree. Sure. Uh, any thoughts on this piece of art they put out? I, my hope for this is that you leave this realm and go somewhere else to where the, um, I, I even forget what they're called, but the, um, wh- whatever you are, the, the, the group of people that were kind of exiled. The oh, tarnished. I forget. I mean, it's, tarnished, yes. Tarnished, yes. The, yeah, the, yeah. In the lands between. Yeah. I hope you leave this and go somewhere else. Uh, I doubt they're going to go that. Well, I isn't isn't that how they usually do their DLCs is is adding new areas? Yeah, but usually it's like you open a book and get something. Well, yeah, yes. It's it's always you're just like warping there in some (laughs) contrived way, but at least it's like new new level design. Yeah. Uh I I think uh boy, it's been a while, but uh um there's that one character, uh Millennia's brother, I think, um Malik Malika. Boy, it's been a while since I have watched a a lore video on Elden Ring. It's been a, a minute. But there's that uh, the the character that was in the egg in the cocoon that'd be interesting to do stuff with. Um, there's a lot of cool things. I still have my save post finishing, so I'm wondering if and when this DLC comes out. I, I assume it's a when. Um, how they implement it? So like, can I just go back and and read the book that warps me in, or find the the secret layer? Um, yeah, I think that's generally how they've handled things, right? Yeah, like you can you can kind of get to it mid game if you're starting from scratch. Scratch you usually have to go a little further into the game, but um, yeah. So we'll see, we'll see. I'm All sure the there way. will be plenty of speculation. Yeah. Not a um, no date, right? No, 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 like info at all about release. Except that they sold a bajillion copies. Yes. Of Elden Ring. Yeah, they passed past twenty million sold. That's a great lot game. of copies. It's a great game. Uh, next up on here, we have the Sony state of play. We, um, we got into a little bit of this while we were doing our grab bag stream. It was kind of happening about the same time that we were wrapping that thing up. So we saw a little bit of it live, but, um, anything you guys want to call out from the Sony state of play? Not a ton. Some release dates. I feel like that was the main takeaway. I feel like. Uh, Baldur's Gate three is out August 31st. Hell yeah. It's been, it's been, been an early access for like what, two, three years now or something. A while for sure. So it's, it's not like you couldn't play it already, but it's finally coming out for reels. I went to a Baldur's Gate three event in New York for giant like, for, bomb. Like, like pre pandemic. It must've been pre pandemic. Yeah, so that's, that's a while. Yeah. That's um, how we measure time. Yes. That, that game seems cool. Hell yeah. Larian Larry, seems to do very good work. Uh, yeah, I'm excited. I played some of the early access and then stopped because I was like, I'm going to play this when it comes out. So Yeah. Oh, right. I remember that quick look. Yes, it seemed a little rough at launch. but yeah. it, it was okay, but like, are you going to play through this RPG yeah. if the stories and stuff change or they respec yeah. your character? Yeah. Uh, what else? Got a date. Uh, Humanity, we mentioned, is coming out mm. in May. 
which is cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, Goodbye Volcano High coming out in June. That's the one with the uh, the the furry teenagers. It's mm-hmm. di- Dinosaur High School. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, I don't know. I, maybe there's a different term for people who are dinosonas versus fursonas, but I, yeah, no. you know what I mean. I don't know. Uh, anyway, that's coming out in June. Um, they showed some Suicide Squad. Mm-hmm. Footage didn't do a ton for me. No. I don't, know about I you don't guys. think they don't... showed off the things that people are actually interested in, which is say, can um, I just see what the moment-to-moment gameplay of this looks like? Well, there are some clips yeah, of that in here. But they're, like, they're interspersed in a way that does not it's, really give you a good flow feel for what it is. Yeah, it, it is. I mean, it's kind of a montage of short clips. It very much seems like this high-flying sh- third-person shooter, though. Like, a lot of third-person shooting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, and it's all very, like, madcap and meant to be played multiplayer and, you know... I mean, I'm not surprised by that because most of the Suicide Squad people over the years are, if not gun guys, then at least weapon guys. Yeah, I guess that's fair. It's just maybe maybe it's not fair of me to bring like Arkham expectations to this, but it's just, like kind of not what I. I don't think that's unfair. About. That's not not really what I liked about the Arkham games at all. Yeah, like I don't think that's unfair at all, considering that's what Rocksteady was making until they made this. Yeah. Uh, we'll see. I don't know. Do you guys have any affinity for these characters? I was never a big DC guy. Like I liked some DC characters and mostly it was Batman related, but yeah, I don't know. Like I, I, I don't really feel much about these characters or how they're being portrayed here, but like Rocksteady has made me interested in stuff that I necessarily didn't, you know, I like Batman. I didn't love Batman, but I did love at least those first couple of Batman games. I could see myself loving what they do here. I just haven't seen anything in it yet that has like really got me excited about it. Yeah, kind of same same here. Like I think I have more faith in the the developer than the property. Like I just I don't like I think I like Rocksteady stuff more than I like DC stuff necessarily. But I mean I listen, I know who Harley Quinn is. Yeah, we all do. There's the shark shark guy. I'm rewatching that, Batman the animated, animated series right now. Okay. Uh, then you know everybody. Yeah. Uh, yeah. As we've mentioned, this will be Kevin Conroy's final uh, performance. See, that there is something that is like appealing to me, but I also know that Batman is just going to be a chunk of that game and not really the focus. Yeah. Like, I don't know, maybe the evil DC superhero stuff could be interesting, but also I would not be shocked if I heard that's something they've done in the comics like three times over. I mean, they did that in Injustice, remember? (laughs) That was like a whole thing with Injustice. Yeah. Um, Anyway, they showed that. Yeah. That's coming out. I mean, that's probably a big bet for them. So Yes, for sure. As well. Um, new Street Fighter Six characters. I still have yet to play any of those betas or anything. I guess I'll just play that when it comes out. At this point, that's kind of where I'm at too. Um, and they now some VR games. Yeah, a lot of shooters. Uh, yeah, that's a pretty common thing to do in VR. It turns out. Uh-huh. Um, there was a what, Foglands. Yes, or the Foglands. Yes, Gr- Green Hell. Yeah, I want to say Green Hell might be on PC in early access. Mm. I just typed Green Hill out of Reflex. <laughs> uh-huh. Give me Green Hill Zone VR. You got it. That's what I'm waiting for. Uh, oh, gosh, Green Hell has been out. Not in VR, though. It's been out on PC for like since 2019, but not in VR. 
Oh, so this is a like this, VR I mode. I believe this would be new for that. It's like kind of a jungle set survival game type thing. Okay. Um, Synapse. Yes. Also, kind of a shooter, first-person-ish shooter. Mm-hmm. A lot of those, a lot of that going around. Had they not announced before your eyes for PS? I, I swear. I thought oh, they had. I, I think. I think it. I think it maybe is just the reveal of the release date. I am finally going to play that game when okay. it comes out on PSVR two. I've men, been meaning to play it for a while, but it's the game. It's it's like a very narrative focused game, but it can track eye tracking. Like it, it can be played multiple ways, but it it can be played by blinking. Uh, I gather it does some pretty moving stuff story wise with that. But anyway, the VR headset obviously it tracks your eyes, so it seems like a probably the best way to play that game. I wonder if that's like exhausting on your eyes. Um, I don't, I mean, it's not a thing where you're like blinking rapidly or anything. <laughs> like, ah, I don't think, uh, I don't, I'm not sure. I, I mean, I'm curious to finally see that game though. It's been out for a while on PC. Um, and I guess they're doing a foundation game. Yeah. Is that, yes, that's based on the Asimov foundation series, but is that, that's a, that's a show now, right? Oh, is it? Is it Alex? I don't know. Like, the, there, I stuff. thought there was, but I haven't seen it. Okay. I, I'd swear that's, yes, that is a television series. Of course David, it is. That, that, that's a David S. Goyer. I think this just launched. Um, uh, oh God, Jared Harris is in that. Okay. I've seen people talk about no, this. No, no, no. I'm sorry. No, this, this was from like two years ago. No, yeah. It's been, yeah, it's been going for a little bit. Okay. But it's only been um, one season so far, I think. You know, yes. I read the foundation books not that long ago for the first time. <laughs> wait, wait, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I'm yeah. sorry to interrupt. Bashir from Deep Space Nine is in that show. Hey, Alexander Sadig, he gets work. He was in Game yeah. of Thrones for a little bit, too. Oh, I did, I did, I did not know that. Yeah, they didn't use him well. He didn't get a lot of screen time, unfortunately. Okay, I, but I, I love that dude. When they actually let that dude act, he's great. I, I, didn't, I didn't know he still acted a lot. That's why I was surprised by it. Uh, anyway, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was just going to say, I, I read it not that long ago and, um, I don't know. It didn't, I, I don't think it's bad. It's just, I, I don't, I like not memorable. I don't really remember that much from it. Um, I mean, I like Asimov stuff. It's just, yeah. uh, um, maybe I should reread it. Yeah. I, I'm not familiar with the original books at all. Um, but yeah, they're, you know, they're still announcing PS4, PSVR games pretty steadily. Yeah, nice for sure. See. Like I said, you go into that store, there's plenty there. And now, like, whether stuff is exclusive or new releases, that's another story. But there are definitely things coming to plug your headset into and to spend your money on. Yeah. They actually announced, like, ten other games last week, not at the State of Play. Sequel to A Fisherman's Tale, which was pretty cool if you've never played it. Yeah. Gorn is getting ported. Um... I'll play stuff. some Gorn. I'll play some yeah. Gorn. I'm not some, above some, it. Some neat looking stuff. Star Tenders Intergalactic Bartending. Star Tenders. That could be cool. Bartending in VR sounds kind of neat. You know, it's the thing we've talked about a lot, which uh, during the first kind of or second wave VR, which is a lot of experiences sometimes and not like a lot of deep games. Yeah. You know, where yeah. like, oh, this is a really fun, ex- like Gorn is a fun experience. Um, so we'll see. We'll see yeah. what happens there. I, I need to give Light Brigade another shot. <laughs> that was pretty overwhelming and seems extremely demanding, but 
like talk about a game that tries to just be a game ass game in VR. And enter the Light Brigade. Did you try it? I did not. No. no okay, it's, it's just called the Light Brigade. Yeah. No, no. What's what's the oh. the March of the Light Brigade? What is oh. the Char- Charge of the Light Charge Brigade. of the Light Brigade? Yes. Um, Tennyson. <laughs> Charger Light Brigade. Charge your controllers before. Getting to the <laughs> God. Um. All right. Our last story here, Brad. Yeah. Uh, Shinji Mikami leaving Tango GameWorks. Yeah. The company. Shinji Mikami founded Tango Games, yes. right? Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Uh, uh, obviously, they just they just put out Hi-Fi Rush. I'm not clear how involved, if at all, he was with that. I think uh, he just had sort of like an overseeing creative role, but it was mostly the the direction was the the guy who sounds like he might be ascending into Mikami's position. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's tempting to say like, oh, that's a hell of a game to go out on. I, you know, he he may not have actually contributed that much to it, but but it does leave the studio in a pretty promising place for them to have dropped a game. Mm-hmm. Of that quality, especially when their previous stuff has been a little more uneven. Anyway, I, I don't know. I don't know what he's up to next, if anything. I don't I think don't he know. said. Um, he's had an illustrious career. I wonder if maybe he's. I don't know. Thinking about retiring. <laughs> oh, you're. You know, they sold that studio to Bethesda. Maybe he's just going off to start another one. You know, that's what you do, right? Once you sell a company, you leave and start another one. Or you Two take or three that times. money and you go live your best life away from this fucking industry. Also right. a possibility. I don't know if he's looking to retire or what, but I mean. You live Jeff Minter's dream. Yeah. Just. Anyway. Yeah. He's, he's, he's departing, but. Safe to say Tango Gameworks will continue on. Going out on a high note, no matter what the involvement was on yeah. Hi-Fi Rush. Yeah. It's, a, it's a cool game announced in a cool way. Yes. Or not even announced, released in a cool kind way. Kind of just like unassailable. Everything about the way they rolled it out and like there's not a whole lot. I mean, you know, you could say like, oh, I got tired of it after a while or whatever, but mm-hmm. received extremely well. Ghostwire Tokyo, though. Went, that went down very smooth. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. That is the news for this week. Uh, and that's going to wrap up our show for the content-wise style. Let's, um, let's just recap quickly here. We talked about some PlayStation VR stuff. We talked about Atomic Hearts. Hearts? Heart. 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 Uh, Company of Heroes 3, Kerbal Space Program 2, Aka-R, Humanity, Dead Space, or Humanity Demo, Dead Space. And we touched on a little bit of the Hitman freelancer mode. We went through the news. We do have an email address, podcast at nextlander.com, podcast at nextlander.com. But we're going we're gonna to let the podcast basket fill up a little bit, and then uh, we'll get to that. We're running a little long here on time. We have a lot of games to talk about this week. Yep. So um, let's let that one marinate. But you can send emails into podcast at nextlander.com, and we'll look through those for the next time. You can go support us over at patreon.com slash nextlander over at the patreon.com slash nextlander page. You'll find a bunch of tiers. If you are not already signed up, you can find a tier that is right for you. A lot of benefits attached to different tiers there. We're going to be recording Never Been a Better podcast that's going to get recorded and put up next week. So look forward to that. I believe that is... Austin and Bacalar scheduled for that one. I think that's right. I think that sounds right. right. That sounds right. 
Um, and then uh, we've got the Watchcast going up a week early over there. That means next week you could be uh, kicking off our Michelle Yeoh month. Alex, with what movies? Uh, we are doing a double feature to kick things off with a couple of her Hong Kong classics in Yes, Madam and uh, Police Story 3, Super Cop. Boy, I've only watched uh, Yes, Madam so far. and <laughs> Yes, Madam is some shit. It sure that is. is uh, boy, that movie starts off uh, with a bang. Real roller coaster <laughs> ride, that one. <laughs> uh, and uh, so we'll have those and we'll be continuing on for the month uh, with Michelle Yeoh's work. When are the Oscars? Uh, in like a week or two. Okay. So by the time, uh, by the time we get into this, we'll know if, uh, she's won an Oscar. Yes. We, by the time we get to everything everywhere all at once, we will know if she actually won the Oscar she's been nominated for. And to be fair, she did win the golden globe and globe and the SAG award. So it feels like it's trending in that direction. Is there like a, like a, a hat trick for those? No, the oh. EGOT is the thing. Like oh, that's the, the one. If you get oh. one of each. <laughs> Than Obi, I don't think anyone's that impressed Tony? if you win the Oscar, the Golden Globe, and the SAG Award. That usually just means we'll know everyone just like that one performance. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Which is fair. Um, yeah. Hey, listen. Uh, I like that movie a lot. Uh, you can go check that out. Uh, you can check out our previous uh, entries up there as well. Of course, our '90s sci-fi action, goofy sci-fi action mm-hmm. month was a lot of fun. That is over there on Patreon.com/slash/NextLander. There is one tier there, though, that gets their names read on this here show, the Mysterious Benefactor tier, and I am going to read those this week, starting with RRE, John Richardson, Vornak, Kelly F., James Smith, Brian Lucier, Skywarp, John Hubbard, Sean Miller, Brad's Midsize Hoodoo Voodoo, Evan Cook, Mark Wilhelm, JM, Jerry Lee, Gary Pejke, Robert Fisher, John McInnes, Octothorpe, hashtag, Buddy Crimes. Is that just Octothorpe at that point? Octothorpe, Octo... Octothorpe, Octothorpe? Octothorpe, Octothorpe, I don't know. I guess. That sounds like a Muppet. (laughs) Peter Reardon, Thomas Lynn. Jad Rita, Statics, Andrew Jackson, Razgriz2, Brian Murphy, Trevor and Adrian R, Randy Duax, Andrew Tiebkin, Wario, Alex Wu, It Me JP, Matt Clements Jr., Edward Chick, Andrew Slosky, Steve Lynn, Matthew Herrig, David Campos, and Tyler Treese. Those are the Mysterious Benefactors for this week. We read your names because we're thankful, and we're thankful for everybody who has gone and supported us throughout the last 15 years of Next Lander greatness. (laughs) Uh, Plus the the 68 years of excellence before that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When our great-grandfathers... Um, thanks everybody for supporting us over at patreon.com slash nextlander. Couldn't do it without you. Got a bunch of fun stuff going on this week. Got a bunch of stuff, fun stuff going on, uh, uh, throughout on Monday. We continued our hitman freelancer and I'll say it was fun, but heartbreaking, mm. uh, uh, runs were started. Hey, mine's runs still going. Were ended. Yeah. 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 I just got started. 
just getting started. Just getting started. You can go check that out from Monday. We're going to have a grab bag on Thursday. Maybe you'll catch some Aka R on there. Maybe you'll see something else. Who knows? Maybe there'll be Not some too humanity. Much, too much Aka R is dangerous. No, no. Don't do not do Aka R directly. Uh, and then Friday, we're going to do a Friday fun stream. We're still thinking about exactly what we want to have that much fun with and is legal here in the United States. So we got to figure that out. Got to talk to some lawyers before we do that. Like I said, the watch cast going on. You can catch that wherever the best podcasts are found. Search for the next Lander Watchcast. Uh, and that's going to do it for the show this week. I want to thank everybody for joining us. I want to thank Abby Russell for joining us on the uh, Patreon Q&A this week. You can check the archive of that out. And Brad Shoemaker, you are off doing other podcasts, yes. video podcasts. Yes, check out uh, PC World's YouTube channel, The Full Nerd, with uh, Gordon and Adam. We talked about that Bananas New Rising that just came out. The th- X3D? Yes, the 7950 X3D. Cross 3D? Split, <laughs> yes, maybe. That might be better, actually. <laughs> Gets a little hard to talk. Man, is it hard to talk about CPUs. Holy <laughs> shit. Not not the, I mean, conceptually, you know, talking about mm-hmm. like split dies and all, you know, process stuff or whatever. I'm talking like the product naming. Mm-hmm. Sure, I bet. The mouthful of talking about 7900, 7950, 7950X3D, 13900K, 13900KS, yes. like keeping all that shit straight and saying it fast. Like, man, God bless it them. Was- it was really interesting to watch that first segment um, on the CPUs. It was really interesting. A lot of graphs, a lot of charts. But then mm-hmm. you talk about um, the state of consoles yeah, and, yeah. and PC. Uh, yeah, we and, just we did a little check in on where's the PC games business at and yeah. all that stuff. Fun and what kind of cars Gordon likes? Man, uh, Gordon's got opinions. <laughs> On everything. Yeah, he's been in it for a while. He's yes, allowed to have opinions. Yes, yes. Absolutely. 100%. If uh, where can people go again? The PC World uh, That is YouTube PC channel? World's YouTube channel, which I don't... I think if, if you Google it, you should be able to find it. I don't know the URL. YouTube.com slash PC World. Okay. That's easy enough. They got, they got the short name. Good. Good. Uh, go check it out. It's a, it's a nice, meaty, long um, conversation. Yeah. Go have fun there. Thanks, everybody, again. We'll be back soon. Thank you, Brad. Thank you, Alex. Thanks, everybody, for joining us on another Next Lander podcast. See ya.